Oh, baby. The club is back. Andy's back. Peter is apparently back. I'll believe it when I see it. Top Shot is pumping. We are going to race some Zed horses later. We're going to pour one out for Pete and I's Crypto Punk. We're going to talk about NFTs. Jack thinks he can beat us all in one-on-one. -on -one. It is a typical Club Top Shot show. It's going up on a Tuesday. Let's do it. Damien, you can retire. Let's call up Steve Kerr right now. Tell him you're done. Three on two game. Oh, I'm an incredible episodes. basketball player. Awful shooter. Awful no. shooter. Nasty jumper. Would you ever gamble on shooting? Probably. Here we go. Me. We got y'all lighting up. Again. Not, no, let me go. <laughs> All right. Club Top Shop going up on a Tuesday. Love. All right, right at the top, Andy, you had an unexcused absence last week. No doctor's note, no nothing. Uh, I'm going to need a good excuse. Uh, I was uh, drunk on shitty Wi-Fi at the beach. Where, where where were you? I saw some of your photos. I couldn't tell. I was in Cape May. So okay. I go there every year with Allie's family. Well, Allie's family goes there every year um, for vacation. And so since I've been dating Allie, I go with them now. Um, it's nice. I'm not like totally a beach person. It's not 100% my vibes, uh, mostly because I'm really pale. And so I get sunburned in about 45 seconds. I'm very anti-beach. I, I, I could I could go on a 10-minute rant against the beach. I think Andy's frozen, <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm happy to take over. I'm very against beach. I think what? my internet is struggling. Let me... We can hear you, but you're frozen. Yeah, um, that sounds about right. My isn't it crazy when the devs, like, who are literally running multi-million dollar companies can't even get their Wi-Fi to work? It's crazy. They're still and, at the and, mercy. Wasn't it Cape May where you you were there when you uh, when the Wi-Fi farming opportunity was going on? Yeah, I've been rugged again by Cape May. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on, Mike. So I need to, I mean, we need to get this, you know, figure this out before Vegas. Are you as anti-pool as you are beach? All right, so pool's a little better. Part a, a, a big okay. So I share Andy's issue about being very pale, um, and so put me in the sun for like five minutes, and like my skin starts peeling. Um, so I'll do it in bits and pieces. I'll you know maybe I'll throw on a hat or something. But the beach, one of my bigger concerns at the beach is the sand. I'm really opposed to the sand. It gets everywhere. It's annoying. It's kind of nasty. You like little bugs are in there. There's like, <laughs> snails and shells and shit. And like <laughs> Mike I, goes I, to the beach, he's just covered in snails. I just, I just want, I just want, I, I just want, I just want nothing to do with the, the actual sand. I like looking at it, but like I, I, maybe like a little porch that overlooks the ocean is ideal. Um, I like the drinking aspect, but you have like two beers. You're in like the brutal sun. You try to get your umbrella to stick up. It falls over. You wheel over your cooler of like 18 beers. It can't get through the sand. By the time you get there, everyone's talking about lunch. So you have to then move all your shit off the beach or someone waits behind. And then an hour after that, everyone's tired and wants to go home and shower. And then no one wants to go out that night because they're tired from the day at the beach. Holy you God. must have the lamest <laughs> friends. All the, see, here's the thing. All those things are somewhat true, 
But the way you just described that was utter insanity. It does. It's like when people say they're like, uh, I, I don't like hamburgers. And everyone's like, well, you've never had a good hamburger or something. It's like, you've just never had a good beach experience, Mike. I've had a good beach experience. But like, I feel like the talk about the talk about it the day before and people reflect on it like two weeks after when they kind of forget how miserable the sand part was, is like way better than the actual event. Okay. Um, you know, I, I will meet you in between. I, I like the beach. I like the pool. I, I will tell you what I absolutely love. The lake. A yes. nice lake yes. with like a dock and a porch. Yes. A little boat action. That's the nuts right there. Okay. Yes. Time out. Time out. Boat. You throwing the boat in casually, like that's a completely different experience. No, I'm I saying. prefer that experience. Yeah, I mean. I think everyone prefers going on the boat. Like you they? claim Why the lake. The beach, oh, I'm sorry. All I'm saying is you claim the lake experience. I wouldn't throw in like are you talking a canoe, a kayak? Or you're saying like anything. Like Jeremy Levine's yacht is I'm just, just saying like having access. So Jeremy like, Levine can't his yacht can't fit in a lake. In, which, in, in Pete's lake. There's our uh unofficial official sponsor of Club Top Shot, Los Dos Tequila. Uh maybe when Peter comes on later, we can do a shot to uh celebrate or uh you know, commiserate our crypto punk sale. Uh, all right, we'll we'll hash out the beach and the pool stuff later. Uh, I just imagine- I'm excited for Vegas pool. Let me just make that okay. clear. I'm excited. I will show up. I will have a good time. It's a the beach thing is different. I, I will also say just to continue to reiterate, the club will be in Vegas uh, next Sunday and Monday. We are going to summer league on Sunday. We are going to play basketball on Monday late morning. We're going to go to the pool and then we're doing a dinner with the VIPs. And then we are going to go out at night uh, at the Cosmo there. I believe we're going to meet up at the Cosmo Sportsbook later on Sunday night or sorry, Monday night. So if you're going to be in Vegas, if you're a top shotter, a fan of club top shot, any of that jazz come swing by. You can hit any of us up on Twitter. The at club top shot Twitter account will get you guys the details going to be a great time. All right, guys. So, we were here last week. It was the three of us here. We're talking Top Shot, good old Top Shot, marketplace buys. And since then, I've seen the bots. The bots are flowing with the purchases. Jeremy splashing around. Ding-a-ling splashing around. Jack, Andy, and Mike are splashing around. Are we in a renaissance, guys? I mean, someone's got to check your blockchain. Have you been buying or... You can't, you can't Me? be excited. Yeah, you can't be I excited did. about a pump unless you're throwing hundreds of thousands. Of that those are the rules. You don't remember when Top Shop pumps? You got to pour like half a million dollars if you're just liquid cash in. No, I did. Uh, I didn't put a hundred thousand dollars in. I think I put about fifteen hundred in. I got the LeBron Series One dunk, the uh, Western Conference Finals uh, Caruso alley oop, nice. and then I got the Steph Curry, not his. Uh, uh, first mint moment, but the uh, the three pointer one. I am the first very three low. pointer. I like it. Yeah, I'm low on Pump curry. So I yeah, had and, Andy's got a few of those. <laughs> know, okay, here's the problem: is you guys, your bags is is every moment on the platform. So anytime we talk about something, like I appreciate Mike, who literally every time he says I like this moment, he's like disclaimer: I own nine of them because he owns nine of everything. I've like stopped giving that disclaimer. There's been a few times like. The other day when people were buying a lot of stuff, uh, what's his name? Uh, Moon or whatever his name is. Uh, Moon Dog. Moon Overlord. Big Dog. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he sure, tweeted sure. out like, you know, what are undervalued moments? And I was like, can this something? And then be like, oh, well, just preface. I own this. And I was like, no, I own everything. I don't need to preface this. Like, <laughs> it's, it's not very helpful. 
Uh, I see Rudy here uh, shouting out mad props for following up and buying that Lamelo Hollow. Refresh me what the what you were following up on. Uh-oh. Yes, what a great frozen Andy drink. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it seems like my internet is going in and out in small bits here, uh, and but I can tell because every single one of freeze for me. Um, but I I don't explicitly remember. I know at some point I said I was going to buy a Lamelo Hollow. At maybe after the challenge was over, and I I did buy one. Whoa, what's going on with the lights for you, Jack? You good? <laughs> it makes lighting. it look like I'm wearing lipstick, and it's because the camera like auto exposures my face. In it. So on the randomizer show, too. you legitimately look like that's, you're wearing that's lipstick. That's what I'm saying. I see it in the chat again, so I'm trying. But it's either this, which looks like lipstick, or like it looks like my lights are off. So you know what? We're just sucking up. I tried. I tried. Sorry, Andy. Continue. That's okay. Uh, but I bought a Lamelo Hollow. I bought actually. I bought a couple of Lamelo moments. I bought his MGLE as well. Let's go. Um, How yeah, do you view Lamelo versus Zion, Ja? Let's say Halliburton and Edwards. Maybe power rank those five. Uh, and Barrett. And Barrett. <laughs> so power ranking them. So I guess let me. What's the Let's say they all had, they all six had the exact let's same say, moment, same rarity. Oh, no, let, let's say NBA player wise. Like, let's say those oh, six okay. were, were in a draft today. Forget about what players you already have on your team. You, 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 you're drafting them as your first player of the team. I think it's probably Zion. I'm sorry. So I feel like this is going to be hate. Zion, LaMelo, Ja. But I think it's really close between LaMelo and Ja. Uh, and then. Edwards, Barrett, and Halliburton, I think you could really make up whatever order you want. No, Probably we, Edwards, we, Barrett, Halliburton because put, of... Put Halliburton at the top. We're trying to meet up with him in Vegas. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, Ethan, let me finish. <laughs> I think I think that Edwards has really, really high, like, ceiling potential. But, like, right now, if you were putting... If you... Oh, no. I think he was about <laughs> to say Halliburton should be ahead of Zion. <laughs> I hope Clay's getting all these screenshots so, tonight. Wait, it's six people? Okay, so Anthony Edwards, LaMelo, and, and Halliburton. I was actually super high on Halliburton. I wanted the Knicks to take him, and I still think they should have over Obi Toppin, who is also part of uh, the Top Shot family after the draft experience. It's a. It, I legitimately think you could make a case for all six to be first. Like, it might not... I, and I'm not, and I'm not even a big RJ. I'm, <laughs> listen, I'm not a big RJ Bear fan. I'm just saying you could make a case for all six. Tra- Jack, if someone calls you a GM up and says, "I want to trade you RJ Barrett for Zion," they slam the phone down. Do they? It's or, like, well, listen, I have a case. Or, the case or, is, what if Zion tears his ACL? Well, well, what about the fact? Uh-oh. Well, you joke about that, but <laughs> the guy, the kid's two eighty-five. He's had serial knee problems, and he's only had two years in the league. He can't shoot outside the paint in a game that needs spacing. Once again, Zion is better than RJ Bear. There's no debate today. But RJ Bear shot forty percent from three. That's the way the league is going. My point is, there is a case. Halliburton is a 40% three-point shooter and the the best by far the best defensive player of the group. John Morant, he's driven his team to the playoffs. I don't think any of the other five guys can say that, and he's explosive and a young point guard. You've got LaMelo, who could be a generational player, the way he passes, rebounds, and scores. Like, once again, there's definitely a pecking order today, 
But if you told me in five years that RJ Barrett or Halliburton or Lamella were better than the other three guys, would it surprise you? I would, would be absolutely shocked. You would be shocked. If Zion wasn't significantly better than RJ Barrett in five years, I would be. But to Jack's point, how surprised would you be if Zion got hurt? Hurt so hurt that he was that in that, five years it was. Do you rather that have he's worse player, one, hurt, hurt one, enough to be worse and, than other guys? And I'm not even I saying ter- I'm not even saying Terry Siah. I'm saying like the way he lands, like it's a it's a talked about thing. Like he lands on those knees time after time. That's 285 landing on those knees. If he lo- when he loses an ounce of explosion, an ounce, his game changes completely. LeBron, you saw his athleticism has taken a decline, but his shooting has improved. Like, yeah, of course, Zion could pick up those skills. I'm just saying there is an argument for all. And I Last think year, I Zion had more than double R.J. Barrett's players' efficiency rating and win shares. Get that nerd shit out of here. We're just talking like, ball. Like I Andy. said, like I said, Zion is 1,000% better today. But in five years, the way the game's going, it's a lot of weight. Those I think we, I think we can all agree it. if we could guarantee Zion's that, health, he's number one. Uh, oh, no, I'm saying even no. with that, it's not even close. Even with the uncertainty so, of his health, it's not even and, close. And this is actually – it's funny that we're having the conversation now. When Bales and then all these guys bought the, the Morant and then they were buying Zion, I thought it was literally the dumbest thing that they could have <laughs> possibly been doing. Like to spend that much money – on unproven talent who John Morant is like he he like Memphis fans cannot breathe when he goes up for the basket because he lands like the biggest asshole of all time like he's just uh, it's bad and I'm like you could bet on Giannis you could bet on LeBron you could bet on Steph Curry like there's so many they're two years into their career like I don't know it's early. It's top very top early. shot wise, what we've learned about people is they love gambling. All these profile mm-hmm. picture things. It's much more of a gamble on the rookies. If they hit, like if Zion wins a couple of MVPs, unlikely as it may be, his rookie moments will probably be worth more than almost than everyone but maybe LeBron. Um, and so it's, it's it's a gamble in a sense. And so people like the gamble of Zion and Ja. My, my, I think the hardest debate is Ja versus Lamelo here. I think Zion's a clear number one. Um, I think you can make a decent argument for Ja or Lamelo. They're both kind of crappy shooters. Um, yeah, I'm but, not a huge Lamelo fan. Yeah, I think like, Lamelo has good like, court list. vision. He's 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 a good passer, but he doesn't have Ja's explosiveness. Um, RJ, I think has a he has a chance to turn to a better player, but he lacks that explosiveness that Ja has. He, he's he's awkward going to the hoop. It's like. He's, he's like, can't you jump higher than that? I don't really get it. It's funny. He can he can jump very high. Like he's got some big time dunks in his career, um, going back to college too. He plays at his own speed, and when you're really good, like Luca, it's an asset, and it's like you're always in control. He can get wherever. He's patient. RJ's the same way. He just can't finish or pass or really do much right now. Um, so it doesn't look as pretty when. You know, Luca's pivoting in the lane like he's at the JCC. RJ's like the same speed, but um, just isn't as good. I'm just surprised when he goes up for a huge flush. He, it, like he's not getting like way above the rim like some of these other guys. He kind of like just it looks weird. Yes, it, yeah, he's got to wear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Edwards is kind of like a freak athlete, but I don't know if uh, if he's a great like, overall basketball player. 
Um, and Halliburton, I don't know. Halliburton's interesting. He can shoot. He's a playmaker. He's kind of a wild card where he'll land. Can we get Pete's rankings? Yeah, let's go Pete. Uh, yeah, sure. My official, unofficial <laughs> rankings are Zion, one, uh, Lamesius, Jack, is that what we call him? Two, Ja, three, uh, and then we'll go... It was, who do we have? Edwards, RJ, and who is the sixth? Halliburton. 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 Uh, because I own a uh, top 100 serial of his baseball, we'll say Halliburton fourth. We're going to meet up with him in Vegas. Then I'll go Edwards. He did just win dunk of the year on the first Mint Fest. And then we'll wrap up with RJ Barrett, who Mike not so gracefully just hung his jersey up behind him. I actually, I think you're right that Halliburton should be four right now. If, if you're putting a player, the players on a team for next year, I think he probably is number four. He probably had a better. I, I'd have to look at all their stats, but I think he had a better season last year than than Barrett and Edwards, just like purely statistics. But the, his, I think his upside's a little bit capped comparatively. I, I think RJ's got a pretty high floor. I don't know about the ceiling though. I disagree. I could see RJ Barrett being a bad three point shooter next season, and he's literally a useless player. His ceiling is he figures out how to make a layup. He continues to shoot like. <clears throat> The reason why I think there is an argument for RJ, it's not the strongest. He was the number one recruit three years ago, like better than Zion Williamson, which is insane to think about now because like we know the two, the two players, but like someone saw potential in him and he made a massive jump last season. And, you know, year three is really like we saw Trey do it this year. Luca this year, like those guys were awesome in years one and two as well. But three is really where you separate yourself. Zion just took that leap this year. Um, and I I have an, a hollow of RJ listed. Like, I'm not, I'm really not the biggest believer in him. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. This is this is Jack. He was born on the internet. He's our generation, Skip Bayless. He has no other <laughs> mode other than being contrarian. <laughs> just like telling us that he'd beat all of us in one-on-one. Uh, what what the hell was that tweet about? You played for like 30 minutes today and now you're on top of the world? No, it was, it was before I started playing. After, I <laughs> I mean, we played eight games. I was seven and one um, in the game, like team-wise. I'm a team player. I'm really not a good one-on-one player. So what what's that tweet? That tweet seemed like it was in a one-on-one format. <laughs> it was, it was. <laughs> I, like, I'll shine. What are you saying about us? I'll shine way more during the uh, five on five session. But so breaking it down, I think Pete Overzet is probably the best player. Um, can also match size, potentially athleticism. We played outside of Miami for like for like 38 seconds. And I got a good glimpse at your game. I was um, we all sweating. We were all watching. Yeah. Oh, we were sweating. But yeah. Um, also taking into account that none of us have played on this screen really in the past, I don't know, 18 months to two years. Um, I was going to say 11, seven, but that's like, that's like close. And it would it like the point of the tweet was to demean all of you and your abilities on the court. So that's why I went 11, six Andy. What did I say for Andy? 11, five. I think Andy's size would give me problems. Like when I saw Andy, <laughs> <laughs> this is accurate. This is accurate. Uh, I have been hitting shots recently, but when I saw Andy in person, he's like a, he's massive. Like we haven't seen his legs on club top shot. You don't even really see. Show us the legs. Andy. Bro, show like, the people the legs. You know, when he, when he would always slyly mention that he was, you know, tracking his weight 
lifting on his notebook and that was a piece of paper for a lot of things i didn't think anything of it but andy's like i don't know his game at all though but i know his size maybe he could he could give me some problems jennings i think is probably basketball wise maybe this maybe the best out of the group or second best um talking about you four like obviously like you know i tied jamal murray in a shooting contest but pete is 101 like off the achilles which he'll obviously use as a scapegoat um like he's not playing any defense and if he's a really good shooter yes. i know he's not like he can't dribble by and like do much else like i i can i know exactly who he is on the court i've never seen him play before and then mike it was pretty simple breakdown the guy showed up to a basketball court in ripped jeans and like that's just, you know that kind of just places you on that tier so that was that was my thoughts yeah i uh jennings is definitely the best shooter uh by far and i don't even have to see any of our shots to know that he's just really really good at shooting but otherwise your assessment on him i think is good is he I, good I off the dribble what's what's or is he there's no way he's, he's yeah. catch and shoot he's yeah. catch and shoot he's he's so he's it doesn't really translate to one-on-one that's he's below the, that's he's, my point he's below the rim jj reddick <laughs> i think jj reddick i think jj reddick's below the rim jj reddick <laughs> that's the joke jack <laughs> oh, um so we we will have to decide what we want to do so we did rent the court we have a full court for two hours so we can mix and match i know there is some talk about some shooting props i think we get a little full court maybe some i mean we can mix and match I no the focus is yeah the focus is five on five and, and get everyone involved i'm just trying to goat someone into a bet get some side action uh you know we'll figure that out later but the, well, the focus is five on five. you guys know about kb right uh fuzz Lightyear. i mean yeah dude yeah. Is legit, he coming? he's coming legit oh. like windmill dunker so yeah, that, no. that's gonna be fun uh, got him in the thumbnail uh, I think that's Steph Curry in the thumbnail. Oh, you mean on his, <laughs> on his thing? Yes. Hey, KB, wow. post, send me, um, send me a, a link in the, in the chat here in the comments to one of your dunks and I'll pull it up. So we know what we're working with here. Um, yes, it's going to be very fun. Uh, I am, I think I'm going to be extremely rusty, but my cardio is very good. So rest in peace. Whoever wants to run around. Why is your cardio good? You've been pelotoning? What's going on? No, I fucking work out, Mike. Not all of us are just grinding the marketplace all day. Some of us head to the gym every once in a while. Okay. Let me know if you think that's a good trade-off. <laughs> I actually <laughs> I actually joined Equinox today. Um, and it was it was a bad day because I'm not an Equinox person, but it's the only gym with weights near my apartment. I hate Equinox people. Like they are just the most they're like the, you know, they joke about if you're a vegan, like you have to tell everyone you're a vegan. Like that's like prototypical Equinox. Do they have Equinox in Brooklyn, Andy? I feel like that's the least Equinox thing ever. Yeah, there's one in Williamsburg. Yeah, it's all like finance bros who are like fucking ripped and hitting on chicks. It's just, but you have, to, um, you have to get dressed up to go to Equinox. You have to wear like a nice workout. Gear. Yeah, you have to wear like Lulu. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is that um, is that where you were playing basketball today? No, 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 but I was just saying I'm starting to get in the gym. Try, I'm trying to look like Nick Rudman. That's the goal by <laughs> football season. So I'm getting my gains in to match up with Andy in the paint. Yeah. Uh, shout out Nick Rudman. Shout out to Underdog Fantasy, our sponsors here. They are also, uh, maybe I'll debut this right now. Uh, I, I've been saying this. We got our Underdog 
snapback hats. Uh, if you guys are going to be in Vegas, we're going to have some of these for the VIPs. They'll also be available uh, for sale as well. But shout out to Underdog. Absolutely crushing it. The best ball attorneys are filling like wildfire. Jack, you posted a team today that I actually liked. I was, you, you were really <laughs> growing. You're, you're well, maturing. it wasn't complete. It wasn't complete. And there's a lot. It was just like the first eight, nine picks of the build. But yeah, I'm, I told you I'm trying to get my max entering him. Um, I think it, it ends, slow drafts end August 18th or something, like next Tuesday or something. Um, I don't, I'm going to get my max entering in and I'm going to ship the Millie. So whoever wants a little share of, of my action, let me know. All right, there we go. Uh, it, other uh, top shot relevant stuff. It seems like everything they were doing at Summer League this week was a smash. People were having a lot of fun uh, with those Summer League moments. They had the sweet top shot section. Those search shirts look cool. I saw today they were having the experience there with the people who won that, getting to do uh, knockout and layup stuff with uh, Halliburton. It really feels like they're kind of starting to really come around on delivering on this utility and these experiences. I mean, it's, it, it, yeah, it's it's awesome, and I don't know if you guys saw. I, I sent that little tweet to try and rally the the Knicks team set people today, and you know, I, I don't want to say it means anything. I don't want to get them in trouble, but Roham liked the tweet, so to me, that suggests that there uh, may be something coming for the team sets, and. Who knows? Um, but they seem to reward people in line with their collecting. So to me, that makes a lot of sense. That's been my well, let's theory. Let's have fun. What like what do we want? Like, do we actually think there's a chance? Like, there could be a top shot reserve seats at every next game. Like, well, yeah. What? What, do you what, think? I, what I think they could do is they'll pick maybe two or three home games and say, okay, if you have the overall Nick set or S1 or S2, like each one of them is worth a certain number of raffle tickets or whatever it is. And if you have all three of them, you get a few extra as a little bonus. And we're going to randomly pick 20 people who get to come to the game early, maybe you know, meet Charles Oakley or uh, some, some other former player, have a meal, um, maybe walk on the court a little bit, take some shots uh, and, and have that sort of experience. And they can do that twice three times, whatever it is, and, and hopefully get most of the more passionate fans there. Something like that. I, I wouldn't be uh, too surprised if they did that. And look, I don't know if it's coming. I don't know if it's a couple of years away, but it, it just seems like something that they have the reach to do and they've shown they have the reach to do. And they've got players engaged and involved and the team seem engaged and involved. And, and so I, I could see that happening. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that they'll have key? What what would be first, like in stadium activations or a kiosk in not every stadium, but let's say three or more next season? Like, what what would your expectation be? They go kiosk in arena or team set rewarded uh, for for fans? I think kiosk primarily because they're focused. I think on introducing the concept of top shot to people and then to more people before they you know start continue rewarding existing users they kind of want to grow the user base i think i don't know maybe at the same time it's a good question i think i do think we'll see kiosks at every arena next year i think they, they may every not arena really yeah yeah wow yeah i don't know what do you guys think i think the irony is is that some like there's 
what 40 plus there's like 41 home games for every team and every team is far from a sellout like even the lakers won't sell out every single game and it's it's almost good to just get extra bodies and seats right like if they set and these team sets can only be like what's the max amount of team sets that can be completed for like one team like i know some are 275 some are 499 some are like a thousand like like so, you know, there's only going to be a, a handful of sets completed, and they could fill. Like, if you're a thun, how many Thunder games are you not going to be able to find 50 empty seats next season? That like you could pretty much block off a section. It not only benefits Top Shot because they're getting their users, and not only benefits the users because they get to go to as many Thunder games as possible, but like it fills seats. You get concessions. You get you know all that stuff. Um, I think there's actually in-game stuff is actually not as hard to, to pull off in terms of like pulling resources because it benefits both sides. It's if you're trying to put, you know, buy out the entire court side of the Knicks for a playoff game, that's probably not going to happen. Right. No, I, I agree. And that's been part of the reason that I've been excited about Top Shot for a while and confident that it'll get big. The, the NBA is as excited about this as, as Dapper is. There's a whole new crop of, of fans and more engaged fans and more passionate fans than there were before. It's going to be more people buying league pass, more people going to games, more people buying jerseys, more people going to summer league, just more overall engagement. And we're obviously in our little corner of the internet and our little echo chamber that makes it look like every single person in the U.S. is is on top shot. But I, I do think over time the NBA can add a, a material or meaningful portion of, uh, of maybe fringe uh, fans to their more passionate fan base. And and so to your point, I think that's very important to them and it's something they see as very valuable. And yeah, it's, it's a good way to get people into the arenas and more excited. Yeah, I could also see, couldn't you see a combo of like, you know, they do the quests and stuff, but what if it was a mixture of in real life things? Like you attend 10 home games for that team and that unlocks a specific moment, kind of mixing yeah. the metaverse with the real stuff. The metaverse, <laughs> the metaverse yeah, and IRL. Andy, what would, all right, so you're living in Brooklyn, you're a Thunder fan. Is there anything that would get you to complete like a net set um, off the top of your head? Let's, I mean, I'm trying to think how expensive the nets are. I think Pierce is like two grand. So I don't know how much you can look it up on OTM site, but is there anything to you where like just being in Brooklyn, it would be pretty dope? Like, is there, you know, if there was a realistic chance to get free tickets and like, I don't know, maybe not even necessarily like a meet and greet with the team or something, just something else. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would probably do it. Yeah. I feel like it's relatively fun and it feels like you'd be getting it for free, even though you would have to like complete a set <laughs> or something. No, but yeah. the thing is with, with things like this is that you're, you're not, someone just said it, Curtis said it costs six grand to complete the net set. It's not like you're, spending six grand like you go out to to eat and and your six grand is gone it, it, you know you could sell the moments two weeks later if, if, if you don't like what you're getting assuming yeah. that top shot doesn't make an announcement or Decker doesn't make an announcement in between that tanks the value of them yeah what do you what i think for sure we'll see top shot night around stadiums i don't know if it'll all be coordinated one night but you know kind of the feel of um what summer league did which was apparently they were playing like packed 
shit on the jumbotron yeah. in the middle of a game, like promoting go to the section and stuff. That feels way more expensive, in my opinion, because um, you essentially have to buy the ad space, right? Like Chase is a sponsor. They run commercials on there and all the fan engagements are sponsored. That feels expensive, but it also feels like something that's definitely in the cards. Yeah, uh, something that's kind of floating around the, the chat and just as a theme people have brought up before, how do we think they handle the fact that not every Top Shot user is in the U.S.? Some people may have completed a Raptor set, even though they live in Texas, things like that. Do you think they'll maybe say to people, like, okay, like you won the raffle. You can either opt to go to the game and have this experience where you get to meet uh, Charles Oakley, or you can get uh, a free rare pack or something like that. Great question. It'll probably be something like that. Probably, basically, you get to do this thing or cash equivalent. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's hard to offer like a you know Zoom meetup or something like that. That would be nearly as exciting as someone could do in person. Yeah, I, and I think that's where there's so much they can do with it on those different levels, right? Because there's the you know additional kind of prizes or access and stuff. There's minting moments in the games as like souvenirs like you walk out you get a moment from that game and then there's also just the uh community aspect having the top shot sections facilitating ways for top shot fans to meet up like I, I i know for a lot of people like just having a designated place to meet before the game and top top shot with other people will be incredibly rewarding and fun so even just those three prongs there's so much they can do and I see, I see Ghosts of Greg Odom, which is a great YouTube name, saying, I think you're underestimating how much money Dapper has to work with. While I do agree with that, and they worked with Quavo, and they can do big stuff, um, that's Dapper money, though. Like, I think we're all in this wormhole of, you know, Dapper equals NBA Top Shot. Like, they're working on a ton of other stuff, UFC, um, rights to other leagues, potentially, Genies they're invested in, like, so it's not just a t like just because they raised three hundred fifty million dollars um, doesn't mean they have three fifty to spend on Top Shot specifically. But yes, they do have a lot of money. Speaking of that, every time Top Shot pumps, everyone's like, "When is Rake back coming?" I never heard anyone from Dapper say that that was actually happening. Apparently, Roham said it during a office hours. Do you guys remember that? Like. Is that has that just become a thing in the Top Shot community or is that actually like coming? Because that would be I mean, if they fully refunded every marketplace fee it would be I did the math. It was like thirty four million dollars, which would be pretty fun for the market. I have no idea. I, I feel like I've I had initially seen it talked about as like, a, oh, this would be nice. And then I feel like there was a point in time where it felt like the conversation was more that they had said, yes, this is happening, but we have not decided to what extent. Uh, I can't say I've been like super actively following whether or not it's coming. Um, but I've basically kind of, I'm, I'm kind of under the assumption that something is going to happen. My guess is it'll be a non-withdrawable balance in your account. Yeah, for um, that, that's got, there he is. There he is. Jenny. He's back. The kid is back. Rocking the underdog shirt. Nice. I mean, imagine not rocking an underdog shirt on this street. <laughs> That's right. Well, we, we were rocking our Los Dos tequila earlier. And then I, 
actually, but then Jack called you guys the biggest idiots in the world for buying Ja Morant, not LeBron earlier. That's true. <laughs> He's, I mean, when, you, when you're right, you're right. So. <laughs> we, we brought some, some LeBron together, Jennings. Yeah, we we're, we have, I think, two or three LeBron Cosmics. So, I don't know. No, we, we also got the base number eight. That actually, of all the tips I've ever received in NFT world, Mike deserves all the credit. He literally got the number eight uh, LeBron tribute to Kobe Dunk. That was a very short. How much was that? I think we bought it for like 24K or so, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Mike. Pete, what have you been up to, buddy? It's been a while. I just was hosting some guys on the golf course for a bachelor party, standard. And then I had to spend, you know, there was a So, yeah, just just been, uh, today was my first day golfing in like six days. So that's Holy a shit. long time for me because I've been trying to grind and catch up. But yeah, how are you guys doing? We're doing good. We're getting excited for Vegas. We've been talking about uh, the Top Shot market that's heating up. We were ranking yeah. some NBA young studs earlier. Uh, basically, oh, give me all the rankings. Give Jennings yeah. the, the, I'm curious what he thinks. All right. So it's, it's Zion, RJ, and Ja. Sorry, Zion, Ja, RJ. So the first three in the 19 class, and then Anthony Edwards, Lamelo, and then Halliburton, one through six. Where would you rank them? <clears throat> oh, Zion and John. Sorry, sorry. Future, like, go if you're starting a team. That was kind of the basis. Yeah. Thank you, sweetheart. Ashley, legend. Cheers, sweetheart. We're ranking some NBA players. <laughs> Ashley. How are you doing? Wonderful. How are you? I'm doing good. She's not coming into the screen. A- <laughs> Ashley, is is Pete doing everything he can these days? Oh, Jesus Christ, he's doing everything he can to get on the golf course. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a beautiful picture on Twitter. I thought that was very kind, very thoughtful. Yeah, Ashley, it's Why don't you tell them what you got me for my birthday? That's interesting. Okay. Whatever you want. No. no. <laughs> Whatever no, you want. We were we were literally looking at Chanel purses last night. I mean, six grand for a purse. I said, which one appreciates the most over time? <laughs> Did you see my attempt at, at convincing my girlfriend to buy an NFT? No. So the the fuck what how do you pronounce them? I think it's what just it, fuck. You just say the word it's, fuck. It's yeah. just fuck fuck render, like those crystals <laughs> came out. And I was like, I said to my girlfriend, what if instead uh you know, what if we pay, you know, we bought one of these crystals and when it's time to get engaged, I sell the NFT and that's how much I spend on your engagement ring. I thought it was a good idea. It appreciates, then we sell. She was not having it. She, she was not having Because purses don't appreciate. I, I'm with you. But I did buy my girlfriend a purse. So, Pete, I think you got to step up. Apparently, Chanel purses do well. She also got a pair of Golden Gooses, which I know I spend money on sneakers. But that those are insane. So, Ashley's doing just fine, to be very clear. <laughs> like, she's she's doing well. Ashley's doing well. Golden Goose, yeah, not 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 uh not cheap. Uh, okay, sorry, did... players. So this is, I think that's a great list. What's um, your ranking? Assuming health, man, I'm the the hardest part for me is Zion versus Jaw 
I think I go I mean, I'll go Zion. I'll go Zion one, Jaw two, Lamelo three. I've always been really high on Lamelo. Um, RJ four, Edwards five. Man, I like Halliburton more than I like Edwards, but Edwards has got more upside. I actually, I was pretty bearish on Edwards initially because he had some interviews and just mentally seemed like he was shooting some bad shots. And Halliburton has like all the intangibles, but Edwards is such a freak. Um, I think the closest th- those guys are close at five six, and I'm really torn on Job or Sion. Are, are, are you are you torn on them assuming health, like assuming that Zion remains healthy or factoring in the health risk? I think both have health risks. I mean, Jaw freaking tries to dunk over everybody every night. I mean, both are total freaks. I mean, I think Jaw is the closest thing we've seen to Westbrook since his like prime days where he's just much more explosive and athletic, quicker than everybody. And then Zion, I mean, he's so unique. Um, I think I lean Zion one though, and then Jaw too. Johnny is saying job more entertaining than them all. That's what's crazy about four of the six of them. Like Edwards is insane. Zion's insane to watch. Lamelo's extremely entertaining. Like they're very entertaining. I don't like players. watching Zion. You like watching Zion? I think he's terrible to watch. I mean, old Zion, and by old Zion, I mean like literally last year. Like he would dunk on everyone. He would block shots into the crowd for his top shot debut. Uh, he kind of toned it down this season to be to your point, but also like just seeing a guy who cannot be stopped. It's pretty entertaining as well. So it sounds like your worst possible afternoon, Mike, is at a beach watching Zion Williamson play <laughs> basketball on your phone. Yes. So where, where did I differ, by the way? I want to hear your guys just to stay on that topic quickly. Where what was your guys' consensus order? So for me, I think like Zion's no one's even really close to him. Uh, he's just like looking at this, like everyone's stats last year. It just isn't even close. His his counting numbers were literally double ever, anyone else. Uh, and then Lamelo slightly over Ja, uh, but I think you can make a great case for either one. And then Halliburton, and then Edwards, and then Barrett. Wow, actually, I think maybe I overrated Barrett a little bit. It, it happens when you have the subliminal messaging right over Mike's shoulder. <laughs> yeah, that was in response to some disrespect. The guy had a very efficient year, too, but we all agree he's a, kind of a weird athlete. He plays at a weird pace, and he's not good enough to play at a weird pace. Yeah, Jack was comparing, was saying that Luca plays at a slower pace and can get away with it because he's unbelievably good at basketball. RJ kind of plays at a slower pace, but doesn't have the skill set to go along with that yet. Luca, um, Luca on all the tests, they have that test like the slow down, speed up stuff. The only one in the history of the NBA that's had a better like dispersion of that than Luca. Can you guys guess who it is? One guy is better. Arden? Yeah. He's like the best ever. Yeah. Arden and Luca are like are off the charts in that, like the slow down, speed up. What uh... I remember listening to a Woj pod years ago interviewing someone and they were talking about that. And saying that like Harden's relatively unremarkable in a lot of things, but he is just like by far the best in the NBA at slowing down really well. Yeah, it's which really is just such a stupid show. thing. Uh, Pete, since the theme of tonight's show so far is your loved ones putting you on the spot, uh, all four of us have been active in the marketplace in the past week or so. Have you purchased any Top Shot moments? No, which is so embarrassing. I, I, I Jeremy, I think I might have bought a small piece of what Jeremy bought, maybe. And had a piece of this Kawhi sale. So, but no, not yeah. directly. 
Yeah. What? So what did he? He sold the Kawhi, and then what did he grab? The Zion. The Zion. Even better though, he sold. Well, he didn't intentionally sell the Kawhi. I was texting with him, and I told him to get the Curry Hollow off because we were talking about that moment on Tuesday. And uh, one of our guys in the Punks chat actually DM me and said, "I." I sent money to Dapper and went to buy it, and it got pulled as he was trying to buy the, the Curry House. So he just had the Kawhi Cosmic listed, thinking no one was going to buy it. But he got the Halliburton Hollow for 25K. That that was like the most insane buy ever. Um, I, I don't know if that was listed. Same. I, I figured that maybe someone saw the Kawhi Cosmic go and they just listed because they wanted to get I don't know, but that was insane. And then, yeah, he picked up the zion cosmic um people have seemed to pull it's funny like in a bear market you know when stuff high-end stuff won't move like everyone's gonna drop their prices but once there's some interest it feels like you know the the diamond hands are back it's like wow these things are valuable we just need a couple buyers so it was cool to see people delist or relist at a much higher price that i think is more accurate to be to be fair how are you, Andy? Because I know I heard you saying like some of was it moments that you had listed from ages ago started to sell? How are you balancing that of being like excited to get back in the market, but also, you know, realizing some of your old sales are getting picked off? It's fine. So like I, I had listed a bunch of stuff for sale when I was putting a down payment on the apartment that I bought. And so I was like, you know, Top Shot's been good to me. I'll finance putting down this down payment through top shot um felt responsible you know uh, <laughs> and so i was just like basically every couple of days i would go through and look at stuff and try to just list or add it around floor um and you know some stuff didn't sell and i wasn't really i couldn't really be bothered to go through and like actively manage and delist things and so i just kind of like once i hit the amount that i wanted i would stop doing it and then i went to start i was buying a couple things uh, that I wanted the other day and I realized I was selling a bunch of moments that I maybe didn't totally want to sell if I didn't have to. And so then I was like on the phone driving, driving back from Cape May. Well, I was not driving out. was driving. It's just delisting moments on my phone. It was like my phone battery died so fast in the car because it was like overheating, opening up so many tabs on top shot. Is that actually, it feels to me, I, I haven't been in the listing and unlisting phase for multiple months now, but that was a cumbersome process. And especially if you have a shit ton of stuff listed, do we need like a unlist all button or some kind of smoother mechanism to do this? Yeah. I mean, definitely long-term. I think, yeah, it's a little bit, like, even if there was just a button that said, I want to delist every single moment that I have, like, I don't really care. I just want it, want it all delisted. That'd be nice. Yeah, I'm sure I there's think some technical stuff there. It's a little more challenging than it sounds. By far, the the first thing I would want would be on the buying side. Actually, when a like you could you could sweep the floor, but not really sweep the floor. Like challenge, you want to complete a challenge, you hit buy lowest ask, and it just sends everything through to Dapper. It, may, it can tell you what cereals, maybe it can replace it, but that team set like. The fact that I had to open up 12 tabs to buy an Alfred Payton $6 moment and RJ Barrett Series 2 for three, like it just didn't make sense, obviously, like you do it. But um, being able to complete stuff quicker, which means Dapper is just making a lot more sales, feels like an obvious step.
Yeah, it's the the Amazon users who bought this might also like to buy Alfred Payton's <laughs> low ask. Yeah. yeah, that'd be sick yeah. if you could just create a cart and process one checkout. Yeah. Exactly. So they do have the recommended sales, but I agree with you guys. There's some functionality challenges, and you would know better than um, any of us would. But I know that when we ask them about, can you change the price of a listing without canceling the listing and relisting it? They they did seem to indicate there were some technical limitations there. Um, I can see that, that getting you, you Matt. Can, I can, can see that getting open messy. C. You can do it on OpenSea. You can just lower the price. So. Uh, I don't think you can increase the price in OpenSea. You can just lower it. Um, Andy, do you, do you know if there would be any technical limitations? Uh, I think it probably depends on how their like auction or you know marketplace code is written. I haven't really taken the time to like dive into it, but you could theoretically have a function to list something and a function to delist something, but not a function to like relist something. Right. And so it would technically be two different transactions to do it, and maybe like something with the way that the flow wallet approves you to send transactions you, you couldn't like seamlessly do that that'd be my like really fast answer so like think about when you use metamask like think come think about the when you go to your dapper wallet after you are initiating a transaction as the same thing as the metamask thing p popping up to confirm a transaction when you're doing something on OpenSea. you it like you can't with one click confirm two things to go through you'd have to confirm two separate times and so currently the flow on that with top shot is a little weird because you go to a whole new page whenever you go to your dapper wallet so i think it would probably wouldn't be a great experience right now they probably need to have like some more infrastructure level upgrades for that to be like something that's not a pain in the ass Shout out, shout out to Adam in the chat. He says it's the exact opposite of what we need. Seamless undercutting. <laughs> <laughs> like the person who just lowers it by a dollar to like every time they get but, undercut. But my, my counter to that is the momentum works both ways, right? Like if you can do seamless things working up, that frenzied mania can go in that direction too. Yeah. Like yeah. I think overall we want things to be quicker you know with, yeah. with this site. Just make it super easy to increase the price but super hard to decrease the price <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's some real hand of god stuff uh yeah. right there uh andy did i see you're close to i see you teasing a new ui here for fractional talk to us about uh what's been going on in the past week yeah i mean like you know very clearly the best way to learn what you need to update in your website is to release it Uh oh, Andy and GMI. That is brutal timing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's been it's it's been happening. It just fortunately for a while hasn't been when I've been actively moving around. So hopefully you guys haven't caught it. Um, but so we've just had a lot of good feedback of little things that are like aren't super clear, and so working to update a lot of stuff there, and then we're also like doing a pretty large revamp of people's like profile pages so that they look a lot more exciting and also are very shareable where you can like link to your profile and say, and it'll connect to all your socials. And also you can show people your collections on there of different things that you have and uh, the different valuations of different stuff that you own and all of that. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, I got in on the, uh dead i know jack is in on the dead 
that was uh that was super fun and we saw skeets in on it you talk to us a little bit i th- i feel like probably your vision for fractional you're already seeing it play out very quickly of how this is providing an entry point for say someone who just sold their punk and didn't want to be a no punker <laughs> yeah no it was, it's really cool I, i've been like talking with the party bid guys for a while um uh, so i like you know i was aware that party bid was a thing before it launched and was working with them to integrate fractional and really like, reviewed their code and stuff and then um they were looking for things to kind of like launch with as like big like key things and i had been connected with the guy who held that zombie punk and i said hey why don't you do it on party bid and then if we all win it'll go on fractional kind of a win-win for everyone uh and he was like yeah that sounds sounds good to me unfortunately he was just like super chill he didn't really care he was just like yeah whatever's helpful i'm happy to i'm happy to be helpful it's um, it's the best process by the way like the two yeah. are so well integrated um it was really cool with so let's say you know like jennings owns a cosmic with mike or pete owns what could they have theoretically fractionalized their punk and then just distributed all the shares to each other um before it hit the market is that something you can do yeah so like one of the things that we very intentionally did and this is kind of like where fractional is a bit different than others is we don't really care what you do with the with the uh, like the nft fractions at all you just kind of can do whatever you want um whereas others you know maybe like put it into a particular bonding curve or a liquidity pool or something um, but yeah, so it's like one of the use cases I think is pretty cool that's relatively underexplored right now is basically just um, kind of like group buys or or doing things together where party bid like kind of does that from a public perspective. But one of the things I'm excited about is essentially like the idea of like a private party bid where you can explicitly say like these are the 10 addresses that I'm okay to allow to add funds. And maybe because we're doing that and it's private, we don't even have to say what we're bidding on until we have all the funds pulled together and then we pull together all the funds and then we just like go and buy it and it can be a little bit more. Oh no. Andy's struggling tonight. The funny part is he comes right back in like, like, hey, I think I'm I back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, my, so ever since I uh, got back from Cape May, my internet's been like really struggling and is there still the storm? I didn't help. Yeah. Out in Brooklyn. Uh, I don't think so anymore. No, it was like it was rained really hard with like very intense lightning for like an hour, and my internet went out for a little bit, and I was like, "Oh shit, I'm not what's, gonna make it." What What's the liquidity on fractional? So like I, you know, I put in X amount of ETH. I have my dead tokens. Also, the process to get my dead tokens for it being in crypto and all the complexities that come with it was so simple. Like. You just claim it on party bid. You add tokens to your MetaMask and they're there. But what's the liquidity? Like if I wanted to get out and make a profit today, could I? Or does there need to be bidders? How's it work? So basically what we have set up on Fractional is uh, we hook into 0x API, which is a DEX aggregator. So essentially, if anyone provides liquidity for those tokens anywhere, you will, uh, you can trade them on fractional so we're, we don't really force anyone to provide liquidity but from like the information that i have so far it actually i think is pretty lucrative to provide liquidity um most of those successful 
LPs have been providing liquidity in like the 1% trading pools because they're less, you know, it's not quite as uh, often people are going to be trading these things as opposed to like, you know, Ethereum or Bitcoin or something like that. Uh, but it seems like people are making a pretty solid uh, percentage return on that, on being an LP. So hopefully over time we can educate people enough on that, that they'll just do it naturally without us really having to tell people to. Um, but so for example, like right now on like with like the dead tokens, there's a decent amount. Yeah. I think there's like almost a million dollars of liquidity. Oh, wow. What Jack, you looking to get out of your, uh, your dead tokens already? No, I, I'm not. Um, but I did, I just, I wasn't sure. Like I started to think about, you know, how's it work? Like, yeah. Is, does someone have to have a bid in at the price they would pay per share or how's, but that clears it up. Um, yeah. yeah so like long term, I mean, there probably will be more robust order books or who knows. We're, we're not even like, I've been talking with a lot of people about this, like what is the best way to trade these things? Cause they're, you know, not super high volume trades that are happening all the time. You don't expect millions of dollars of trading volume a day on them. Um, and so right now it's really easy to just plug into Uniswap and SushiSwap and just not solve that problem right now. Uh, but long term, I'm sure we'll have to figure something out. And and we could do it right on the site, right? Like you can just trade for ETH. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't have, we're not integrated on the site yet to provide liquidity, but that's probably going to come sooner rather than later. Uh, just because there's a lot of people who are NFT users who don't really know that much about using Uniswap or SushiSwap or any of this stuff. And so it's been, become pretty clear that we need to spend a lot of time educating people on all of that. So we'll probably make some type of friendly UI there to let people provide liquidity and do all that. How many, uh, how many NFTs have been listed on Fractional so far? Let me see, actually. I do not know the number off the top of my head, but I can find out very quickly. Mike. 225. 225, nice. Is there, yeah, is that, is that a thing you want to do? Like just add as many or is the goal to keep it like super premium? So, what I've accepted is that like the base version of what fractional is, is going to kind of turn into like eBay. It's not. We're only getting fractional answers from me. Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> that was right. That was right there. Thank you for uh, jumping. I on. had to, I had to yeah, get one of those. In. Good job. Uh, I, so I think like it's kind of inevitable that there's just going to end up being like a shit ton of stuff, assuming that people continue to use fractional and like it. There's going to be a shit ton of stuff. And so what we're kind of thinking about as opposed to like not showing those things is basically alongside having the normal landing page, basically having very curated versions of the fractional website as well. Kind of in the same vein as like when you go to StockX, you first go to StockX and there's all this shit. And then you say, no, I want sneakers. And then I want like Nike sneakers. And right. you can go to a particular page on StockX that has all that information and like making it even more curated than that, where it's like, you go to fractional.art slash punks and it's only CryptoPunks and it's, you know, custom branding for CryptoPunks 
And like, if all you care about is CryptoPunks, that's where you go. And you don't even ever have to go to the normal fractional page. And so I think that's going to kind of end up being where a lot of this goes long-term is like more curated experiences for the particular type of NFT that you're interested in. Gotcha. And the main page will just kind of have everything because we can't really stop that. And uh, what do you, what are you thinking about this current, you know, NFT avatar project bull run? Because it was, two or three weeks ago when you had your line, it never fucking stops. And it would appear that it never fucking stops. I mean, I got some pudgy penguins. I think they're kind of cute. I also have some party penguins. I think they're kind of cute. Um, <laughs> Can we talk about our, my, our space poggers, Andy? <laughs> I, I, I've got a lot of space poggers. I, I was so proud of myself. So down in the club NFTs channel, those guys uh, are going crazy they got me minting straight from the contract, Andy, Space Poggers. I felt like a true NFT so bro. I knew you'd be proud of me. But now I'm like, why aren't they? They're not revealed. Like, what is this dev team doing? We got to get the reveal gone. They said something about how the... Oh, man, this is a rough show. While, while he's fixing his Wi-Fi, I want to call out... Uh, the NFT channel in your Discord, Pete. Yep. I think they rugged me. I think that... <laughs> so the NFT channel, if you are looking for the next project, I you don't You destroyed know the first iteration of the Club Top Shot Discord, Jack, uh, in the Deposit Kingdom. Don't yeah, get to Club You know NFT. what? After they rugged me, I'm sending everyone in your bullshit Discord. The Club <laughs> NFT channel, I swear to God, they mint 19 projects a day. And so on Monday or Tuesday, what's today? Tuesday, on yesterday, um, I'm, I hop in there. I'm like, oh, this is fun. Like so much activity. So much is going on. There's so much excitement. They're like, we're minting the horses. It's 0.1 ETH a piece. I'm like, I just sold a bit of a punk. Like I got a little ETH. I'm going to get 10 of them. I kid you not, 23 minutes later, they're minting a new project and they're like, we love the horsies, but they're kind of dead. Make sure you sell off of that. I'm eating lunch and I, I'm not checking the discord for 45 minutes and they're like half the floor. And I'm like, what the hell? It is crazy. The appetite for everything that is going on. But if you're one of those people who came from top shot, then like, you know, the big projects and then you can get in fractionally right into punks. Thanks to Andy. Um, but you really want to gamble and play the fun of like, could I mint the next board ape or the next, I don't know, pudgy penguin. The club NFT channel is incredible, uh, but they rugged me. So I kind of, I kind of am pissed. The horses are fine. They're hanging in. What's the floor? Like they got down to a so point it's like at the mint price. They got down to 0. 0.06. This is what I don't understand about the whole NFT world. It should be at 0.06. If half of them are worth like half an ether or more, there's no way the floor should Mike, be the mint. You're price. trying to rug me right live on this stream? Like I just think the standards, it's, it's similar to NBA Top Shot packs, where if, if there's one single pack out of 10,000 that oh, has components that are worth less. 0.12 floor? Look Wait. at that. See no, but now I see. We have mixed messaging. We have mixed messaging. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Those are slightly different. It, with the price of ETH right now, that's like a 
three hundred dollar difference. Yeah. Question. What I'm saying, why? yeah, when the components of one pack are below the pack price was, everyone thinks it's a colossal disaster. Like that yeah. should be the case. Correct. Like, it, it, it's crazy that the worst outcome is breaking even. Correct. Um, why do they say when ETH is up, it hurts NFTs? Is that wrong? <laughs> Go on, Andy. <laughs> okay, so actually it, it probably hurts it hurts bad nfts so basically when eth is running up uh everyone who's speculating on your flavor of the month shitty nft uh is gonna go oh crap i used to have ethereum now i have horses comic game uh, i'd like i'd like my ethereum back no i would never sell my comic game <laughs> never uh and so they're gonna dump them and just can do poorly for stuff that's Higher quality. Oh, bam. This is such a tease, too. Why does my internet not suck? I mean, Andy is literally <laughs> preaching wisdom here. I mean, I, I, know. I know. I know. It's um, like, yeah, go ahead. So, <laughs> um, when you have like really high values, basically, think about like when you have $1,000 in your bank account, how comfortable are you spending $100? Probably not that comfortable. When you have $100,000 in your bank account, how comfortable are you spending $10,000? Probably more comfortable than you were with $100,000 and $100. Uh, and so there's this like basically scale of as you get really wealthy because Ethereum is going up, the people who have a ton of Ethereum are still happy to spend a percentage of that now to buy right. CryptoPunk or whatever to flex. And the people who have just normal real world wealth, they could not care less what the price of Ethereum is. That's irrelevant. And so for the really valuable stuff that people actually want and are not just playing like speculative flipping games with, I do I will be shocked to see them like maybe for a week or two when ETH is like quadrupling in price, the price of the floor is going to drop a little bit because that's just like naturally how things work. Uh, but I don't think that it would have any prolonged effect. That's what I didn't get. I mean, I might be a plebe. It's plebe, right? But it's spelled pleb. I think it's pleb. I think it's pleb. It's short for plebeian. Go on. Okay. So it is short for plebeian, but it's a pleb. Whatever. Yeah. I'm a I'm still a pleb and like <laughs> I, when when I'm trying to sell my crypto punk, like I price it in USD. So when the run up from twenty six hundred to thirty one, I'm willing to sell for less ETH. Uh I know it's ETH, not F, as someone on the stream sometimes says. Um <laughs> but but I don't know if I'm curious what the chat does, like, because I don't think we're as deep into crypto as as the rest of you. Like, I'm willing to move my because I'm still making out with the same USD. Um, I'm curious what everyone else thinks. I, I definitely think in, in dollars still. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that as much as people say they think in Ethereum, people think in dollars. You, you, you're not buying food with Ethereum. You're not buying clothing with ethereum everything functional and tangible you're practically buying with, with dollars and so it's hard for me to believe that that many people actually think why do you want ethereum things that are terms. functional and tangible <laughs> well i isn't the i mean we they changed uh, one of those bots right that was doing the top shot sales they yeah. added eth it just having that denominator i think flips this switch in the nft flippers mind where it becomes less tangible and more abstract than when you see 
the U.S. dollars. Like people associate U.S. dollars with the money in their bank account that they buy groceries with, and you associate ETH with the fun money where you buy fudgy penguins and fluffers and whatever else the fuck, and you flip them. When, so, when I and, realized, and blue factory horses. Yeah, when I realized if we're all saying the names. <laughs> when I spent thirty five hundred dollars and lost on that investment, I was sick to myself. I'm like. The shit you could get on Top Shot. I do think Top Shot probably benefits the most when ETH runs because then you're you're transferring it back in for USD pricing. Uh, but I do think that the ETH marker did help, like on the Top Shot um, little bot they have going. Like when it, you know, when it's 0.12 ETH for a LeBron moment, you're like, okay, that's probably a better investment than these glue factory horses that I'm buying. Um, speaking of horses here, we are going to bring in a couple guys from the discord. You know, we talk about a lot of stuff on here. Top shot showing a lot of love to club NFTs, but we are going to have to show some love here to club Zed. We got AMT here, Adam. We do have Pete. It's your boy, Pete. Here he is. Uh, we have a race here in about 10 10 minutes. minutes. I'm getting some feedback here. Uh, Adam and Pete, welcome to the show guys. What's going on, guys? This is awesome. Excited to be here. here. Thanks, guys. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, why don't you tell the people about, we're going to be watching a horse that uh, is one of the most brilliant names I've ever heard. It's Fractional Van Vliet is the name of our horse. Wow. And uh, why don't you guys let us know how how this horse came about? Uh, This was a group buy, uh, but it wasn't quite what we were hoping for, right? I, yeah, I think the the name goes to I think it was Jake Cohen, another uh, club uh, club regular who came up with the name. So I think he gets the credit on that one. Um, but yeah, we I think one day I just kind of pinged Pete in the Club Z uh, Discord and said, "Hey man, you know why why haven't you uh, fractionally purchased the horse with us since uh, you know your bid is fractional fractional items?" And uh, and then AMT stepped up to the plate, Adam and. Uh, and said he'd buy it for us, so he did all the legwork and all that. And uh, next thing you know, we got a we got a beauty in the in the stable. There we go, Adam. Why don't you let people know what's going on in the Zed world? Because we we haven't talked about it much on here. We had a show a long time ago when when Zed was just getting underway. But give us a little uh, state of the union. What's going on over there these days? Yeah, I mean it's exciting stuff. Uh, I would say first of all, uh, most of my time is spent in club NFT because I just like making money for doing nothing. Um, but uh, in the Zed world, the population is exploding right now, and so uh, it's it's a little bit um, difficult to find the edges that we that you, we used to be able to find before. So breeding is super fun. Nobody can figure out what it means uh, whenever two good horses make a terrible horse or two bad horses make the fastest horse you've ever seen. Um, so I think everyone in there is having a good time trying to like crack the code at this point. Uh, but, uh, and so are we, of course, we bought this horse thinking the parents are amazing. It's a Z three. This is going to be a, a real blazer. And, uh, she's slow. She, she's, she's really slow. So, um, she, she's not the worst horse I've ever seen, but, not great. Not great. The la- is this true? I saw on Twitter that Z1s were Phillies were going for 30 ETH. It's something like that, man. Yeah, the, the, the floor is just constantly creeping up. I've got my eye on a couple of things. I'm not playing anywhere near that end of the swimming pool, but um, I'm just trying to get up to a couple different, you know, bloodlines in my stable than other than Buterin. And I mean, the floor just keeps going. So it's pretty fun with all the partnerships they're announcing. 
you know, the utility that you can see with it in the future. Um, like Adam said, the breeding is really, you know, kind of opened things up and, and people are just kind of throwing things together and seeing what sticks on the wall. I was fortunate enough to breed what I think is a probably, probably you know, a top 2% horse recently um, in my stable, just from, uh, you know, some buterins and some other stuff that I was able to snipe from the breed barn. And so we're, we're looking, uh, we're looking good there, but yeah, like Adam said, unfortunately the girl we bought, um, wasn't great on the track, but I think there's tons of potential for breeding with her, which is kind of what we're all looking to do now at this point. Andy, are there any Z horses on fractional yet? Are there, is there compatibility for that? Not yet. We're not on, uh, we're not on polygon yet. Um, I think, you know, there's so much cool stuff that you can do with a Z horse between the racing and the breeding that it would kind of be a bummer to just fractionalize it and not be able to do those things. So starting to think about what, uh, you know, more focused fractionalization looks like where you can do very specific things like race the horse. Um, and so that's probably going to be one of the first ones we kind of experiment with once we get on polygon where you can fractionalize it. And basically the only thing you can do with it is like race or breed. Yeah. And that would kind of be it. Do you guys think going forward that that's going to be a thing? Like in terms of say you have a top horse in the game, do you think that's going to be a thing where people are going to be self-promoting their own horses? You know, maybe people buying in somehow or, you know, having whatever it is, a Twitter feed just for that horse. You know, I, I feel like there's something there for that, you know, potentially in the future. 100%. Definitely. I mean, yeah, I think this, it starts with the stables, right? I think there's a, a lot of people doing a lot of good stuff. I know people have their own websites. They have their own Twitter um i don't know i know there were some stars a few months ago but i know that like that may or may not have changed with the new influx of horses who are like the like there was that huge sale months ago uh but who are like the superstar horses of the platform right now do you know them by name yeah so i think um a lot of the old superstars are continuing to be superstars because what ended up happening was breeding was shut off and so only the good horses were running and now what you have is less races kicking off. So uh, a horse like, I don't know if you remember, like Poodle to the Moon was one that was just like dominating. Um, there's like Moonlight Graham. There's a couple of like <laughs> famous ones out there that are amazing. Um, and they're still dominating, but they only run, you know, 12 races a day instead of 50 or whatever, whatever it is. Um, only and so, 12. <laughs> yeah. So uh, hey, why, why but, is that? Why do, they, why do they run fewer races? Because with the when they open breeding up, the population exploded. So people are trying to figure out what they have. And so there, there are way more horses trying to get into races. So when you try to join one, you have to queue up for, you know, hours at, at a time and you can only queue for three at a time. So, um, the, I think these full timers that are like, you know, racing, sitting at their computer all day or have some bot that races their horses for them are no longer making as much money as they were before. Pete or uh, Jennings, you were fist pumping the doodle horse. Is that yours? No, poodle. poodle. You don't remember poodle? Poodle coin? No. This is when what Bales was... spent his like. Oh yeah. Okay. So that's the name. Yeah. What All is right. the price of poodle? <laughs> it can't be good. That was embarrassing. Yeah, I unfortunately bought some poodle at one point and DMI. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Talk about the biggest rug pull of all time was yeah. Bale's pumping poodle. Bale was like, pumping like, poodle to Levitan and I, and <laughs> he bought a he bought a real bag. I bought. I mean, I I've seen this movie before, and I was like, whatever. I'll throw a small bit just so I, you know. 
I got to be part of the crew. And for the bills sold before he told us. Like he like completely. <laughs> yeah, he crashed the price. I mean, it was. Uh, but yeah, on Zed, I, I'm super excited about it. Um, the most recent fundraising announcements were incredible. Really high quality names. Um, and that's, that's, I think a huge signal when you're paying. What are your Z holdings right now, Jennings? I think I have like three or four Z ones. I bought the, I got, I got the cheapest Z one Stella, uh, Artois, whatever Stella. Oh, nice. Yeah. Sorry. I'm not no, no, that was right. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, and we're, we just, uh, lucky trader acquired know your horses, which is an unbelievable, uh, company. Tyler and Ryan are great guys who know the game as well as anybody. And. Um, yeah, we're actually actively investing uh, in more horses. So, but the main point that I think is relevant for the audience and just everybody when you're looking at these projects and thinking about what's going to have value long term is the investors and the team, which is a huge reason I'm so bullish on what Andy's building. I mean, incredible products. Obviously, if you're going to bet on someone in the space, Andy's a great guy to, to bet on. But then the investors that you have behind you are really, really strong. And I think that's probably the biggest bull case for Zed, Top Shot, um, and some of these other projects is just the investors that are behind them. There's smart capital. And yeah, I mean, Churning Group being behind Zed, they bought 51% of Barstool, they bought our company. Um, they've made a lot of really smart moves throughout media. And uh, I imagine there's more to come with Zed. So I'm pretty bullish on Zed personally. They just NASCAR, did, uh, they just... NASCAR. Yeah. Yeah, just that's what I was them, um, Yeah, I mean, they've, they've already got the track with the Stella, the Atari. I mean, it, it's pretty crazy. And, and I mean, when you think about potentially, you know, owning a racetrack in the future and just kind of, you know, printing, printing off that, I mean, you, you could just potentially be, you know, we could own a racetrack as a, a Club Z Deposit Kingdom track and you're just making money every time there's a race. Yeah, imagine uh, Portnoy streaming this. Would be ridiculous. Pretty sure that's coming. What a... Uh, <laughs> What's our prize pool we're looking at here, Adam and Pete? I believe this is a $5 entry. So uh, <laughs> All right, you know, we're going pretty big. No, no, no. Say it Club, in Eve. Say it Club, in Eve. Club, <laughs> Club Top Shot people. Here it um, is. There she is. Who, who? I'll take even or odd. I don't know who's favorite it is. I'll take even or odd horses. And I'll put a hundred on. I'm, I'm, I'm up a hundred on each one of you guys from my last lot and things. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, up, I'm up oh, money yeah. too. We Andy never still collected. owes me. I, I'm up like 500. Do we need or, 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 who wants who wants even or odd? I'll buy you I'll some drinks. I want that 100. I want, I want, I want even. I want right, more than But Jack, for that 100? <laughs> I, I'm i owed like 500 bucks. All right. But we have 100 on it. We'll, we'll figure it out after. All right. You I'll want take, even? I got odd. Action, someone. Yeah. I'll take even. I'll take even. All right. I got odd. Let's go. I only need my one sweat FEV. Wait, are, are they going to tell us what, no, what number they want? No. No. It comes at the end. The only number we know... The only number we know is FVV, and he's number eight, and he's in first. Down to four. Down to seven. You should click that auto camera button there, too, for a little more action on the on the race. Oh, there, yeah. There you go. Oh, wow. The devs Pete, have been hard Pete, at work. Can you call this race? Fractional Van Vliet, one of the most promising horses we've ever seen. This horse is co-owned by a group of investors from the Deposit Kingdom. They sometimes get distracted by pudgy penguins, but at their core, they love the horses. Here we have a 1,400-meter race at Sweden St. Linder. We're up in the clouds, folks, and that's where we will finish. Sir Ian McClellan here out in the front. 
Kid Royale at third, Stylish Trooper in second. Fractal Van Fleet really shit in the bed here. His big moment in the sun on Club Top Shot. Number four, Chop Suey making here a push here. Here comes FEV. FEV is charging. He's an underdog. He never gives up. Here he goes from five. He's oh, that's got to be the 12. Yeah, that's 12. That's 12. <laughs> Secret doubt was actually never in doubt. Let's go to the replay. Come on. Wow, Photo finish here on Club Z. The music is good. Fractal and Bleat. Wait, was that 12? I just saw another horse. Oh, uh, no, that was solid. That was solid. First place, Secret Doubt. Second, Sir Ian McClellan. Third, Can someone on the YouTube go in and no, check what no, number that 12. was? It was 12. It was 12. It was 12. Um, I, love, I love Full Press's comment. They still can't turn. That was <laughs> the ultimate FUD on, on Zed. Was when Taylor the, says that was the 11. Let's go. What? Let's go. It was uh, the 11. I'm, I'm looking at it here. I can confirm for you guys. That's disgusting. And what was the second place horse? Nine? Uh, nine, yeah. And five? Not. It went 11, nine, five, three. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Talk about a rug. <laughs> the horses have not been treating me well this week. That's for sure. Let's go. Um, all right. So, Adam, Pete, what do we need to do to rally? I mean, this horse clearly isn't ready for prime time. She's not. She's not. I, I think the, the plan is to breed uh, and then within – Ultimately, you know, either start selling and taking some profit from the offspring or Adam maybe can speak a little more to it. But uh, I think ultimately some of us might want to try breeding with her from our stables, that kind of thing. Sounds kinky. <laughs> yeah. Do you so have some questions about your background well, items? Do you have some bobbleheads up top there? Is that a is that, oh, is that a yeah, I've got so I've got a little Ryan Zimmerman bobblehead back there. I've got my uh, my messy jersey. It's hanging in mourning at the moment. And uh, yeah, little UVA action back here. Uh, proud, proud Wahoo. And uh, yeah. How big of a uh, Barca fan are you? Uh, pretty big, Jack. I went, so I'm, I'm more of a Messi fan. I will say that. I, I've seen him live probably uh, 12 to 14 times. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I've, Have I've, you seen him in camp now? I have. Yeah, probably about six or seven times. Wow. Yeah. I, so I was abroad. Uh, I took my roommates to go to the a game. It was like a Spanish Cup quarterfinal. I think right. Messi, Neymar, Suarez scored. There was a PK, a red card. And these kids had never seen a soccer game before. They're like, oh, this is cool. Like, we should do this all the time. I'm like, this is not the normal game. And then it was like spring break and all our parents came and we had these dinners planned on the night of um, the 5-1 comeback against PSG. And I wow. wanted to go to the game so bad. I was in Barcelona and I didn't go. And that is still, that's the craziest soccer game of all time, I think. That, that photo right there is actually from the game, the one in the middle in between yeah. the, uh, yeah, that's that's from that game after Roberto scored that last goal. Messi jumped yeah. up into the stands and was doing that. that. This, is, that this is an elite backdrop, elite. Yeah, very elite. So yeah, for, for you non-soccer guys, that comeback was literally potentially a bigger comeback, not scale, but bigger comeback than like Patriots down 28-3. Like they had to score, they had to outscore PSG five to one or four to one in the, yeah, in the second last one, right? And it's yeah. yeah, yeah, it was insane.
Yeah, I mean, for me, he's, he's, the, he's the greatest athlete in the history of sports. I mean, I think there's, you know, obviously you can debate that as much as you want, but I don't think we'll ever see, I think GQ just ran an article and they were saying, we'll, we'll never see a sustained period of athletic excellence like we just saw Messi at Barcelona. And I, I can't argue with that at all. There we go. He's great. Uh, Adam, you were going to say something about uh, our plans for FVV or uh, Zed. What, what were you about to say? Oh yeah, we, well we got ourselves a horse subscription basically. So every month we're just gonna make a new one, and probably we're gonna talk about selling it, and then in the end we're gonna run it and hope that it's fast. So uh, sixteen more days. Start thinking of names because there's another one coming. So uh, the the stables are growing every month. So for is, uh, yeah. for Club Z, is there um, any hope for horses that aren't great out of the gates, like? If the you know you, it's only raced three or four times, but even like let's say a horse that's raced eighty times, if it's middle of the pack, like is the hope that you just have to use it as a breeder and hope it's really a breeder, or like could there be a day where you know one of these horses finds its legs? So I think it's kind of to, to said on that, right? Like, uh, there the way what we know about like how racing works now like there's a range of outcomes for every horse when the race starts and the horses that are good have a wider range of outcomes. Um, and so if that tends to be consistent across the races, as far as I can tell. So basically there's no hope unless you have a horse that tends to finish like near the top of the field each time, um, sort of a tight grouping near the top of the field. That's typically bad because they class up. But if, if Zed implements like a tournament or something like that, you know, where you benefit from finishing fourth a lot, um, then that horse could be good. But as far as I can tell, otherwise, you know, they're, they're good for breeding and that's it. And one Let's, of the, one of the, Oh, sorry, Pete. No, go for it. Uh, I was going to say one of the things they signed recently was a, um, it was a betting company. I think that uh, said they were going to put 30 million guaranteed over the next three years. So 10 million a year into tournaments, different kind of tournaments that they're going to host on the Z site. So, you know, potentially it could be, uh, you know, donkey tournaments or, you know, races for horses that, you know, have no business racing with, you know, Poodle to the Moon and Steph Curry, whatever. They get to race in their own kind of environment. But I think the Zed still has some work to do in terms of the class systems and stuff. I know they're tweaking it right now. There have been some really creative, like, third-party tournaments already that have happened. There was one where it was like a – I guess it was a donkey tournament. I don't know what they called it. But basically you got the most points for finishing fourth – and then second most for finishing fifth all the way down to 12th. And then you got zero if you finish in the top three. Um, so that was like just an interesting format. They're trying to give some utility to some of these crap horses, but um, that hasn't been official yet. That's just outside of the game. Andy, whatever happened to your horse, the one everyone was shocked that you, was it the LeBron James one? Uh, let me see. I, I have not checked on it in a long time. Cheers, boys. What are we drinking tonight, man? This is a club. Right? We need to do a cheers here, too, P. I think we need to do a little cheers to uh, saying goodbye to our crypto punk as well. <laughs> have we talked about that yet? We haven't. We have. Who, who had the paper hands? 100% ROI Jay. for LBJ, Gro LBJ Goat. Um, okay. Oh, sorry. man. I, I, I got to open my yeah, yeah, is, yeah, is anyone is keeping a bottle of Los Dos unopened yeah. from the first bag? Let me go grab some Los Dos. I'll choose you guys some wine, but I'm gonna go grab. I'll, I'll, I'll go grab a shot as well. Everyone, Give everyone, go get their stuff. We can, we can put this. We can wait. Are this. we gonna do a club top shots of Los Dos at some point? Like a whole. I, I'm literally about to go pour a shot right now. Right. 
<laughs> I got some Woodford a, a reserve here I can shoot with you guys. But there you go. Well, uh, thank you, uh, Adam and Pete, for for coming on. I uh, I apologize if the Zed community within the Discord has felt uh, like they haven't gotten the love. You know, we're like uh, you know moths to a light. Wherever the shiny new toy is, is uh, where we end up going. It's yeah, that's watching, right. I can't I can't open the low stoves. <laughs> as jack learned you know on the discord especially if you're in club nfts lunch is minus ev at this point so gotta always <laughs> stay at alert. least it's only lunch because during the top shot pump sleep was minus ev and that was the worst when remember pete when people were setting alarms at 3 30 in the morning <laughs> for nine dollar base packs remember, jacob had to go on there and be like you guys can go to sleep tonight right. that was the thing he had to tell people <laughs> i remember that I, I actually checked out Club NFT last night. Um, it was just more people making fun of me um, for, <laughs> for getting rugged. I actually got rugged by Doofy, too. He was Doofy? like, oh, yeah. Back when I got into the horsies and I brought it and I taught all of you about needing a stable boy, um, he he sold me a maybe a, glue, a gluey horse, but... Um, yeah, the horses may not be my thing. I think that's what I. Well, I, th I thought that was a good buy. They didn't work out well. The Doofy horse. No, it did. It did not work out well. The Z ones we got. In what February or something? Yeah. I feel like if you bought in anything at Zed. No, he rugged me. That's what I'm saying. He told me he was selling me this great horse, and it it's like an average horse, which I think is like the worst thing to have. Yeah. It's like an average it, horse. It just sits in the same class and loses. Yeah. Yes. Pretty much. It, what it does is give you hope, and that's the worst thing to have if you have an average horse. <laughs> that's why <laughs> I was asking keep running it. if if there's any hope for for it to turn around. I mean, it, it's got some wins. It's not like it's a it's a loser, but yeah. Uh, all right, let's do a cheers here. Uh, cheers to uh, the Deposit Kingdom Club, Top Shot Club, Zed Club, NFTs. To us being in Vegas. To us having a very fun time well, during I'm having this crazy, technical difficulties. Uh, I don't have a cup. You couldn't open it either. Uh, no, I accidentally ripped oh, the no. top of wow. it. got disconnected from All the right, while well, you get a corkscrew, I'm going to get a cup quickly. <laughs> this is the worst <laughs> execution of a cheers I've ever heard. Well, I, don't, I feel like I mean, this is... So what I've learned is I would not put your low-dose tequila bottle in the freezer. It ooh. seems to have an adverse effect on the glue of the lid. Okay. You should give that feedback. You should give that feedback. It's still in beta. I've Still only got media. water. I don't want to call anyone out, but yeah, my low dose never came. So, uh, Ooh. Right, I'm on water right, right now. That for real, Jack? Yeah. You guess you're just going to have to head up to the Hamptons and crash <laughs> one of the parties that I've been seeing on Instagram. I know it looks fun, but I don't understand. Are they only partying on like Sundays? Like, I feel like every time I see Jeremy shit, it's like on Sunday night. When, when you're sleep, Jeremy, there's like... no such thing as a school night. Yeah, that's true. Uh, um, all right, we'll wait for Andy here. Uh, Pete, I've been feeling a little bummed out about the crypto punk, so this is can be a celebratory and a, a sad cheers here. At least you sold the local top, bud. That's what I've been <laughs> told tomorrow. When you guys like my shot glass, white girl wasted. <laughs> I got right. a cheers, guys. Football cheers, cheers. Boys, 2016. Cheers. cheers. Mm. We don't say the F word on the stream, Pete. So, uh, yeah, I do not curse. Yeah, please don't. Uh, Actually, Pete, really funny story about this, about cursing on Club Top Shot. Um, so my preface, my uh, father is a pastor.
Great man. Uh, I accidentally said fucking for my mother the other day for one of the first times ever. I try very hard to not curse for my parents. Really? Um, and I said fucking for my mother, and she goes, it's okay. I watch Club Top Shot. Like, oh, yeah, sorry, Mom. <laughs> I, I am still horrified that your parents watched the man's drop stream. Yeah, I, me too. <laughs> oh, my God. Has, has, I know we joke about it, and Andy, you tweet about it. Has anyone made rug NFTs? Oh, so many. Yeah. There's like three different ones, aren't there? Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Just making sure. My new favorite one is the the Good Morning NFTs that no one actually gives a shit about. I would really only mint these if you want to throw away your money. I thought you were like behind that project for sure. (laughs) No. That'd be pretty special. I can never tell like if something you pop, if you popularize GM, if you, if that was already existing because I fully associate it with you. Did you get that from someone else? I don't know who started it. I just, I'm, I'm a sheep. I was no, such you, a you 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 made it popular. Yeah, I, I when I saw you do it, I was like, oh, this is now we need to bring good morning. I was such I a know. boomer that for a week I thought it was an abbreviation of not gonna make it, and it was just gonna make. That's what I thought <laughs> it was for a while. I thought everyone was just saying gonna make. And I, was I like, saw oh, Loopify doing it pretty early. I don't, I don't know who was the OG GMer. Yeah, I was definitely not the first GMer. Yeah, it's uh, it's great. So Pete. Let's people want to know. Uh, I did get a bunch of DMs asking if we were uh, bearish on CryptoPunks. Uh, what what was going on with that sale? Let the people know how that sausage got made. Well, I think the 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 person who is most adamant about selling is Levitan. Let's be honest. Obviously, I would say Wiggins. You think it's Wiggins? Wiggins was the most overall bearish. I felt, and hopefully, I'm not mis characterizing him i i thought he was the one most down on it i think it just comes back to levitan has always been a huge knit i mean that's really <laughs> what it comes down to i mean that's but that's but idea. did sell the top for now oh it was clearly a good sale i, I just i was thrilled to sell it because i mean i had a piece of it and i'm obviously super long on you're long still time. super comfy in your little hoodie <laughs> i picked up a top hat during the, the run and uh was part of some flips. I mean, it was it was a nice little run in the Punk Street. Um, and that was a good sale. I mean, I think a lot of like the sharpest people in the space and some avid punk collectors were selling during that time versus buying. And there's gonna be plenty of times to buy again. So I don't think it was a bad sale at all. I just I can't imagine being a no punker. I'm well, not. I, so, I, I sold. I, my, my, I sold the first punk that I ever bought during this uh, run up. Wow. Did you? Okay, I didn't know you sold two. All right, sold one. I sold one too. I, I did a, see your sale. I had a piece of one. Um, I didn't sell any. <laughs> we're not going to make it, Andy. Um, not gonna make it, it was. I fractionalized too. Did you? Fra- I was wondering if you fractionalized one. either of yours. Is that is that not like sort of a backdoor sale when you fractionalize? No. Yeah. I mean, it kind of is. Yeah. Yeah. Call yeah. them out. Call them out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Not in a bad way. Just I think it's, it's what it is. Over um, that. What was Andy, what was your floor uh, that you said that punks would get below in February? Oh, that was hilarious. Remember in your you, you were mocking like the eight Ethereum or yeah, uh, over like over a long enough seven. over a long enough horizon. I'll I'll be correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what happened with ours is we the guy who ended up buying our crypto punk he DM'd me and he said, "Are you guys selling?" And I was like, uh, "And this was I think we had just listed it." 
we would said like we think it's probably worth like 120 130 eth right now we're like do you want to list it for 169.69 sure thinking there's no way at least for like a month or whatever it would take time the guy emails me or messages me says are you guys actively selling i was like no i don't think so and uh then he kept coming back to me he's like any update from your crew i was like oh i didn't know i was supposed to get an update <laughs> for you guys and i was like i think we're good you know there's been some similar punks that have gone uh some bids around there so i think we're just gonna hold and then about two hours later he messages me i bought it <laughs> so this guy had clearly been eyeing this punk uh, for a long time. I guess if I was smarter, maybe I would have realized that he was really hot on the trails of this and we should have upped the price again. But I don't know, Pete. seems like we did all right. That's a great sale. It's, just a, it's a great price. I mean, yeah. So the, I think one interesting element that is worth talking about with all this stuff is there's certain NFTs that become like a huge part of your identity. Like, I think one interesting element for Mike is that, you know, he's made it known that he's not selling his top shot stuff and he's like super long forever. Um, so that's like a huge part of his persona for me, like selling the avatar would be really, really tough. Um, and I think there's a lot of entities that are like become more than just an asset. Uh, it becomes a huge part of like you personally. And those are the toughest ones to sell and, um, toughest ones to think about from like a business perspective. So in that regard, I think we'll see some interesting behavior from people. And if you can, you know, if you're strictly in it to make money, which I think a good percentage of the, you know, um, community is in for, I think obviously there's people that are in it for the long haul, but a large percentage are in it for making money. Like if you can just be unemotional about it and just flip stuff, like, especially when things are going crazy, if you can buy during the bear markets and then sell when things get hot, like you're going to do really well. So I think the sale was decent, especially if you can get back in long-term. And um, yeah, I think we'll, I think certain punks won't ever be for sale either. So I think that's the, the interesting dynamic is that um, while that was tied to your brand, like Pete, do you feel like obviously you got a little, you got one more bit out of it, but like, what's your view on this given that you were, you were tied to it in some regard. <laughs> I I feel like I squeezed about just of every bit of juice of bit equity out of that sliver of a punk. Uh, so yes, I don't. Uh, uh, from that perspective, I, I do know what you're saying about the identity like, stuff, but I didn't feel I didn't feel like a piece of. It was more just regret of like if punks forever go to the moon, you know, is this going to be one of those ones where we look back and someone flips it for a million in a month, and I'm going to be like, what were we doing? Yeah. So like I'm tied to like my punk and like 3D and hoodie went absolutely nuts and probably like I get that those are like desirable attributes. I'm still like very bullish long term on punks, but it's probably a decent time to like put that up for sale for like a crazy number and maybe I get someone who buys it and I'm too attached to it. So I don't know. I, I see a lot of the guys that are in that crypto punks chat and they're just flipping a lot of ones like that were their avatars that they're really. I mean, I, from my perspective, I thought they were tied to and during these crazy runs, they're, they're willing to part with them. And those are the same guys that when like the sky is falling, NFTs are dead, crypto's in trouble, they're buying. So I don't know, from that perspective, I don't know, I'd love to hear Andy's you know, view because he's done this for a long time as well, but I have a lot of admiration for people who can do that. And at the same time, I do think it's important to like have this be a long-term thing. And there's something really cool about an NFT being tied to your identity and also like being in it for the long haul. So I, I don't know, I'm, I'm, that, that's yeah, where I'm really yeah. torn. It's like the short-term flipping of it, which is obviously a huge part of this. And like a lot of those people are still in the game long-term. They're just trying to acquire more punks, but 
don't know. What are your thoughts, Andy? I think I've been like thinking a lot about punks as a deflationary asset recently and how basically there's like two ways that punks are burned forever. And one is people losing their keys issues or someone accidentally sends the punk to a place where it's no longer accessible and all this, these things, which will happen less and less over time, but still happen. And then also people who get their quote unquote, like forever punk that they're just never going to sell anymore. Um, and like, I, I think I have that with the one that I have, the, that beanie. And like, I don't even use it as my profile picture anymore on Twitter. I use uh, Lerona NFT, but like something about. Mm-hmm. Come back to us. Andy's working so good. <laughs> uh, but like something about selling that, that punk like feels weird to me. And I think with some of the guys, particularly in, in that chat, who are like buying and flipping their profile pictures. I think they have like personally have a lot less like equity in their like Twitter media persona um, around like in the crypto Twitter sphere than someone like I do. And so like the way that I feel selling a profile picture that I've actively used for a long time is probably different than how they feel um, just based on Kind of the people that I talk to every day and, and like some just like a bunch of different things based on how and why we're doing NFTs and what our long term theses are. And there's like some people who I know just like will never sell their their profile picture, even though it's worth millions of dollars because it's worth way more than that than now. Yeah. I will say I find the whole like if your entire personal brand and your entire personality is a single NFT avatar project. It's pretty fucking lame. Like I like all these guys. But it is for for what zombies. Are you, what are you on one of the aliens? Like yeah. There's I don't know. Like no no. But I mean like the, you see the tweets that are like buy a crypto punk and you'll get a, a hundred new followers. It's like like come on. Oh, I it's mean, not about that. But like think about Danny. Like Danny is like an OG entity. He has a seven attribute punk. Like if he actually sold that and yeah he could let's say he sold it for like. Thousands of it, like you got. To, I don't know. He has actually has one has, seven, one hundred seventy-one million is like what he had it listed at. Yeah. So let's let's say he gets some crazy offer. Like my assumption, and I don't know much about him personally, but like let's just say he's financially set for life, like has generational wealth already. Like, does that money really mean that much to him? Like, does it really change his life, or is like that? I don't know. Being <laughs> like Pete's face. <laughs> I just like, I'm sorry. Uh, Owning a crypto punk is not a personality trait. And a lot of these guys think it is like, it's cool. I I think crypto punks are fucking cool, but it's not a personality. It's not even necessarily crypto punks. It's more just like you're an OG of the space. To me, that's like, it's like, it's a, it's a place in the community, which I know sounds really like that's such a cliche thing. No, but like like we, they use the analogy, right? That instead of wearing like a Rolex or something where you're flexing or driving around, but like you wouldn't go around into every single party wearing like a Lamborghini t-shirt to also show that you own a Lamborghini. And that's what these guys do with these crypto punks. It's every single part of their identity at every step. And it's like, come on, let's get a little bit more in here. I I think that that's what people do, Pete, which is I'm with you. I actually, I mean, I don't really, I don't use my punk as my profile picture. I use the zombie one now because I think it was fun to be in the, in the party bit and then fractional. Um, But I'll change it back to like myself when, you know, when in a little bit. Um, But there are definitely people who like to Jennings point, 
They will not sell because that is their online identity. I think it's insane too. Like if someone offered me $170 million or 150, like I would take it and I probably never talk to anyone ever again. I would go on a beach. So I know I wouldn't have to talk to Mike and I would just happy. Like that's what everyone says. And then it's like, if you have all the money in the world and you're off on the beach by yourself, like dude, we're human beings. We live for love. I, I I'm kidding in that I would disappear from the earth, but like that, once it gets to that amount of money, to your point, yes, if if I had all the money in the world, that might, right? Like if Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk got $150 more million, it probably doesn't affect them. For me, that would be, uh, that would change my entire life and my family's life and everyone, you know, that's a part of it. Like I, I've, I picked out a punk that matches my identity, but I'm definitely not tied. Like I listed it for like a million bucks. Because to me, if someone wanted to pay that much for it, like that's enough money to me that it would change pretty much everything in my life. So uh, I'm with Pete on this one. Like I'm not as tied to it um, as, you know. I just want to clarify. I am I am pro making it your avatar clearly. I'm just saying when it defines every single thing about you, and I literally, and it's like you know nothing else about them other than I own this punk. That's the stuff where I'm kind of like, okay, I don't know. No, There's uh, people I, like I that. Think that's fair. I think I'm, a lot of like so to me, a lot of the people mm-hmm. who are like prominent who would never sell their punk. Yeah, they've basically like. They're anonymous online for the most part. Most people who are not anonymous online probably have a number where they would sell. Like I have a number where I'd sell my CryptoPunk. And like, honestly, I don't even have that much emotional attachment to it. It's just like something about it. I don't really need to sell it right now. And so I don't really want to. Um, But like there are other anonymous online people who essentially like started their brand around a punk. And what that allows for is basically you can immediately signal that like I'm taking this very seriously. I just spent a lot of money to show everyone that I'm taking this very seriously to now build this brand around this thing. And so like the best example that I can think of is uh, G Money, who people may or may not know on Twitter. And like, he's the nicest dude. I, I've, I've met him a couple times now um, and he's super sharp. And he basically has turned, and not to say that he wouldn't have been able to do this without buying a CryptoPunk because he definitely could have, but he started out with a really good Twitter thread about why he bought a CryptoPunk and has turned it into like a massive following and like he now has his own nft investing fund and all these other things where it by no means like defines who he is but it is very much a core part of his identity and like his online presence because he Mm -hmm. is like pseudo anonymous yeah let me i want to refresh what i was saying i think crypto punks is obviously the extreme end of this market it's targeting a demographic that's highly liquid wealthy right? There's a percentage of that market where they already have so much money. Like that's why like sports franchises are all the like private jets, whatever. There's, there's a certain, once you get to a certain level of wealth, like your, your view on what's important becomes less about money. And I think there's a decent percentage of those people in crypto pumps where they're like, this is something that's so important to me. And like, that's, there's no amount of money that that can like replace that, especially like some of these crypto people that have just gotten like stupid, stupid crypto rich. And that's really interesting going forward for crypto punks, because I think if you look at just all of the punks that are for sale and transacted, like 
Andy made a good point about it being deflationary. I think that there's a decent amount of those punks that are just very unlikely to go for sale at any point in time. Like, when do we see the next alien sale? When someone wants to spend $90 million on an alien? <laughs> there's a price for some of the guys, but I don't think that some of them would sell. Like, how many of the apes are going to sell? Like, and maybe this changes, but I, my view is that there's a level of like the super wealthy and their view is not like, oh, $90 million, $100 million, that's great. I can have something else. They want certain things that are like more important to them. A lot of times it comes down to things that actually matter, family, friends, experiences, things of that nature. But there are assets or things like some of the richest people in the world, they have a house that they love. They're never going to sell it, even if you offer 3x market value and i would i would argue you're being too generous to their like sentimental stuff as far as when most of the time it's just buying clout which is fine rich people can buy clout but like i don't necessarily buy this like oh they have this huge emotional attachment to it they have an emotional attachment to the clout they gain from that profile pic. i don't think that's true though they're buying yeah, like because they've changed that probably changed their life like think about think about someone like danny who some yeah i mean i don't know him personally that well, but I know that NFTs have made made him from like a normal twenty five year old guy to now like a late twenties, early thirties, extremely wealthy millionaire. And I'm I sure he has a very strong sentimental value. Of that anyone who comes in now, right? Like anyone who's going to come in and buy. And I guess my next question would be: Are we getting to a point where there really isn't much of even a market for a zombie? or or um an alien because like 90 million is very different than when it was three or four or 10 or 50 like 90 million i don't know how many people can get 90 million dollars worth of ethereum and then buy it and i'm there's obviously people but it feels like that percentage and so does that increase the value because there's just no buyers or does that decrease the value because there's no one who can come in and even afford these things. There's definitely people who can come in and afford, can put that together. But it's like the, it's like, you know, people make the analogy, like there's 30 NBA franchises, there's 90. It's like, I think the cloud thing is very real. And like, I, I'm not articulating this well, but like 2% of the punks community has so much money. They don't care. And like yeah. the cloud, the emotional attachment, whatever else, they just love the punk and nothing can replace that. So they're going to hold on to the punk. Like, they already have I think it's more than 2%. Yeah. Yeah. So and, and for me personally like the, the that the hoodie itself like I mean I bought that right before Gracie was born and like I love this space I'm building in this space I have so many relationships and like it would it would to sell that for me would feel like selling out on like part of this journey and it's maybe I'm too attached to it but my other punks I can sell um but well, that's everyone's best advice is if you're getting into a project you love, <laughs> buy two, one to flip, yeah, one, one to flip, to one to hold forever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. And I, I don't think I've ever really been like that. I, I feel like in DFS, and, and obviously that's way just like money driven, but there's, I've never been that attached to anything. Um, and obviously, you know, I'm still more attached to my friends and family, but like <laughs> one, like, I can't, there's no other asset that I own that I wouldn't like, I'd be able to sell anything that, that would actually like be painful to sell. And it's interesting. I've only been in this for whatever, six, seven months, eight months, and I would struggle to sell it. And I, and recognizing that even during this bull run, like 3d and hoodie literally went nuclear, like the 3d floor was bought up. I mean, all, 
there's a chance I could have gotten over a million dollars for it, which is absolutely insane. I think you probably could have. Yeah. And it wasn't even like I was, I didn't even want to list it. So learning that, recognize that within myself, thinking about the community as a whole, to me, there's a lot of, there's a lot of punks out there that are probably just not for sale. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that evolves. And I'm really excited about fractional. I think that's going to be great for just punks in general. And yeah, all this avatar stuff is absolutely nuts. I would short, I mean, if I had, I don't even want to name the project, but if I had any of the other avatar projects right now, I'd be looking to sell. It's been such a crazy, crazy run. Like, I think the next iteration is going to be really cool. I love what Zed's doing. I think we'll see other projects pop up that are going to do really stuff. But this most recent bull run, the sharp guys are selling. Andy, what what do you think it is? Is is the the number of flippers just increasing daily to where each one of these projects just has a built-in floor of people who will mint a bunch of them? Is that what it is? I think right now, like, well, I think it's like there's a couple things, but. One of them is that you don't need that many people to really like the project for it to do well. You need like you know, a couple really wealthy people like the project or want to prop up the price of the project at any given time. Um, I think a lot of these things are going to not sustain that much longer just because you need a couple to crash and burn and then all of a sudden everyone. Mm. It's right. It's every time Andy's about to say something so insightful, we lose him. I real quick the for people are like this. buying top shot packs and trying to dump them immediately. Eventually it becomes like not the best thing to do because everyone's doing it and then it burns out. Like I think it'll burn out at some point. Just who, do, who knows? Does um is there a way is someone working on it? Um if punk's got a form of liquidity, would that like, I feel like then you would never see anyone sell. Like, if you could borrow against the value of your punk. That's going to happen. Yeah. And then, and then I think, to your point, Jennings, like, who would ever sell, right? Like, you, everyone kind of agrees it's deflationary. It's the OG. It's the biggest one. It's, a, it's an online. And now you can use or at least borrow against what your punk is worth. Then it's like, who, who would ever sell their punk? Yeah. To be clear, also, I, I feel like I should be selling more. Like, that's the hard part to me. It's like I see, like, some of these guys in this chat that are just have been in this. They're literally buying when people are panicking and selling when people are frothy. And, like, there's the euphoria phase. Like, that's clearly how you do well in investing. That's clearly how you compound capital. And you can always get back in. And that's, like, that's – I recognize I have an emotional fallacy and, like, my logic. But I do think it's an interesting thing that I'm, like, so tied to this. And I've seen it, like – Let's say, for example, Mike had to sell all of his top shot moments. Let's say he got 1.5x more than market value, but he can never get back into the top shot. That would be a hard thing, I think, for Mike to do. And I know Mike's a really savvy guy and really thoughtful of capital, but like if you could never be involved in top shot again, that would be a hard trade off. And I know that's not applicable here, but like, yeah, with like the punk specifically, like if I sold my specific punk that I love, my avatar, like I probably couldn't get it back. It's going to I mean, like it was very hard to get it back. Is it Quick question. Is there a world where let's say someone did offer a 3X market that you would like be able to buy a hoodie like with the, you know, is that a world you would be okay with? Or it's really I this specific? Be. Yeah. I should be, right? But like I'm yeah. tied to it to a degree. It's just a yeah. weird, it's just like a weird 
thing that I'm seeing with all this. And yeah, people are now, and I've seen some of the comments. I'm not trying to hate on any of these other projects. Like I know the Board of Yacht Club, I've been wrong about that since day one. The community is amazing. They're real, that's really dope art. Um, and, and some of these things will, will last. I'm just saying like the overall craze right now, it's like, it's clearly the right time to be selling. Like we've been through a lot of these cycles already. Like you want to be selling when things are euphoric and you want to be buying when things are down. And we can still be bullish on the long-term trend, but like you got to be making some moves when there's like a frothiness. And I, I feel like that's what's happened. And Mike, you haven't said anything for a while. What, what, what's your perspective on all of this? You're always I, 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 had, I had some audio issues here. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. Loud and clear. Okay, great. My Bluetooth headphones died. I don't know what to do. Um, so, yeah, I generally agree. I, I think a lot of what you're applying um, only really applies to people who have a comfortable financial situation as is. Obviously, I think for a lot of people, they're using NFTs as a way to get to that comfortable financial situation. And then once you reach a certain level, it becomes some combination of gambling, vanity play, identity, uh, clout, and, and these sorts of things. And you know, it's hard to say it doesn't make sense to buy a CryptoPunk for $60 million because that's a lot of money when people are out there buying physical pieces of art that they put up in their living room and 50 people a year see every year. Whereas you take the digital equivalent and millions and millions of people can see it every day whenever they want. And it's a big part of your identity. So if you're comfortable with the art market and the high end of the art market, I think you can find a way to get comfortable with the value of, of a crypto punk, even if it doesn't make sense compared to buying a house or buying a yacht. But the people who own these assets generally already have enough capital otherwise to buy whatever they would be doing. Um, you know, the digital identity thing is interesting because it's different in this world than it would be in the physical world, because only in this world can you kind of build a community and interact with people fully anonymously and you know, there is an element to your digital identity being tied to these assets. And I don't know. I mean, if, if G money sold his ape and changed it to a, a you know, regular, just floor punk, would that change how people view him? Would it change how people interact with him or his future prospects? I don't think so. Um, you know, maybe to an extent it, it would, but I don't know. I, I, I think that, I don't know, you know, does it open more doors? I think, let's let's put it in my terms, I guess. You know, you've brought Top Shot a few times. If I sold all my Top Shot gnomes, I don't really have a place in the Top Shot community anymore. It's hard to replace my holdings with you know, a bunch of smaller assets. I do think that people care less about what I say suddenly. Um, I'm a less important member of the community. The dapper people probably don't answer my messages anymore and they don't really care what I think. Um, and so th there are certain advantages tied to having a larger account. Um, there is a point at which I'd sell. I, I, I can't say that I wouldn't sell for 4x, 5x uh, what the market is today. It obviously becomes a different question if I can't buy back in. Um, but, so, but there's moments yeah. you wouldn't sell or not wouldn't theoretically, but there's moments that would need a 10x multiple right like your yeah. rj hollows or you know the stuff that like i you know i bought the cp3 cosmic back in the day with the idea of like i, I i'm just sinking this money you know to have it right and like there's other moments that i will sell or would sell but um yeah there there's definitely truth to what jennings is saying to all of this um, yeah, and I, I think I the, the access 
Mike just brought up a good point, though, that I think is real. The person who owns the asset has much more attachment to it than the following or the community that's behind it. Like, to your point, if G Money changes, like if he sold his ape and then bought something else, I don't think I'd view him any differently. And I feel like a lot of his following probably wouldn't view him any differently. But for him, he would probably feel much worse, which is yeah. a weird emotional thing. I, I think it's totally, it's one of the, like, you know, when you think about anything and like when you're trying to be probabilistic, if you're gambling or investing, you're trying to take emotion out of decisions. And I think that's the interesting thing with NFTs is like there's a high amount of emotion tied to it. And the same thing. It, it's hard to think of it. It's hard to think of it logically. I mean, it never makes sense to buy a piece of art for a lot of money unless, you know, you think you could sell it. None of it like, makes sense. They're right. JPEG. Like the whole thing doesn't make sense. So I think. You, once, but, but do you agree you could say the same thing about high end art no, or high end Nothing watches? makes sense. I yeah. agree. Not, none of it makes sense. If you looked at anything from a, like any collectible, theoretically, like cardboard, like the, this piece of cardboard is worth $10 million and I'm so emotionally attached. Like none of it really makes sense. It's all just narrative driven, but it's very real. And I think that's where you can't discount the emotions to it, it all. It, yeah. Where the utility comes in though. Like for, I mean, for Bordy Siak Club, I mean that, you know, I, I definitely didn't get in on that either. And I was, I asked a couple guys in the discord, you know, why is this, what's the utility here? What's going on? And I feel like what they did a really good job of was, bringing a bunch of people and creating community and then adding things that made it, you know, that gave it utility. And so what I've been trying to do, I'm not in a million projects, but I've been trying to, you know, hone in on ones that I think have future utility, you know, something like NBA Top Shot with the in arena stuff dead where you've got the betting or owning pieces of, you know, all these different things sponsored. So I'm trying to find things with utility. And it's really hard for me to see a lot of these avatar projects having utility, but I think board eight, uh, did a great job of adding utility and, and giving the project some legs for the future. And, and I think one interesting thing we haven't touched on is like Von Miller buys a board ape. That's almost like social cloud in a way. It's like I, you know, I have a board ape too, right? Like it's it is all the Broncos, like, man. I've got yeah close to Stokely, he bought one. All the Bronco <laughs> players have been hitting me up about it. I'm trying to sell them on punks. They're all long with the freaking apes. They're buying dogs for it too. I mean, I'm just a donkey. This is such a Pete Jennings throwaway really? anecdote. All the Broncos guys are hitting me up and I'm trying to get them into punks, but they're buying board eight. That's literally what's happened. <laughs> punk they're the punks. Like, just... So is there any is there anything that makes you want to own a punk or an ape within that Jennings? Or okay, once so again, just... emotionally, like for me, I'm with you. I've discounted the apes every all the way through. And now like I just will never buy one because I'm like, you know, these, this isn't the project I believe in when maybe I'm just being stubborn. Well, okay. So let's talk about something that's very real, that it actually is logical. That makes sense. And is still an emotional bias that I have. And almost everyone has in this space. You get anchored to something, right? So yeah. I first saw apes at whatever, like an Ethereum or less. And like, I was thinking about it and I was like, well, you know, I've already bought a couple pieces of art. That's probably too speculative. I'm long punks. I'm long talk shot. I'm long Zed. Like, that's it. I'm not going to like expand like in the short term, unless something really blows me away. I think this is a knockoff of punks. So I had like a view, I had an anchor to the price of what I could get in at. And I was so convinced that I was right, that I was too stubborn to continue to look at it. And I was also anchored to the price. So every step of the way, it's like, oh, now the floor is three, now the floor is five, now the floor is seven. I was still anchored to let's say one. And I think that happens all the time. You get anchored to a price. You also have your bias towards yourself being right. 
And that's the reason you don't pull the trigger on a lot of these things. But and you're not people, anchored to a punk price, right? Which is, you're saying you anchor to stuff. I to was price. anchored to punk prices. Right. And that's the other thing, like during this crazy run, I was looking, like I had this smile that I got out. Like I bought and then the freaking bot got me, which is a whole other thing. But like this great smile punk that I thought was way underpriced. I had a bid for 42. Say it's worth 200 now. Like I couldn't, I, I I was anchored towards like, I was trying to buy certain ones at discounts. And then every punk I looked at, it's like, oh, I think it's worth this. And because I didn't get it at that time, I wasn't willing to pay why later on. And yeah, it just happens all the time. I see that in other forms of investing. And of course it's easy to, you know, it's easy to play Monday morning quarterback. So I'm not trying to say like, you know, you, it's not, it's never, you can never time things perfectly, but I do think the anchoring bias is something that's massive in this space. And I certainly have had it with uh, BAYC. So, and it's been so tilting, all these Bronco guys, like none of them know how to use a MetaMask. None of them know anything about it. They just all want to port it and they're willing to spend. So Pete, you, you can clearly afford a, a board ape. So why, why not just get one just to, you already said that you're willing to be emotional about not selling your punk. Why aren't you willing to be emotional yeah, about just I getting looked, it in bad on a, on a floor? I looked at them and, and I should have pulled the trigger when I looked at them a month ago. And then honestly, it's just a combination of time and laziness. Like that's just what's happened. And then they just keep going up and you feel stupider and stupider for not pulling the trigger earlier. Yeah. And also but right now, I do have conviction that like I should like right now is a seller's market, not a buyer's market. That's my view. Right. So, but don't you want to be able to go play racquetball with Brandon Stokely and talk about your board apes? Anyways, and he destroys me. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But I'm just saying, I feel like we I've heard two tales from you. The one where I'm like very emotionally driven with my NFTs and I could make a million dollars, but I won't sell it. But another one where you could pay, what is it? $30,000 right now to become a part of this club. I'm that only you're emotionally constantly... tied to one, one of the punks. So I've gotcha. listed other ones. So it's one specific thing. And that, that gotcha. but, but I do think that that's really what Andy said, I think is true. Um, that there are, there's a good amount of people that are emotionally tied to it. And I'm probably wrong. Like to me, it's like, yeah, like I know maybe a small segment of, People that follow me specifically for crypto stuff, like think of me as that that specific punk has been my avatar for a long time. And it probably doesn't matter. Like I sold it and bought something else. Like would that impact things going forward? Would that impact the enterprise value of like Lucky Trader and other investments or other things I'm doing? Probably not that much, but I'm emotionally tied to it. And that's yeah. probably wrong, but like it's true. Like, and I recognize that in myself and I just... I think it's a good takeaway for other people and how they're behaving. And that's what's interesting going forward. There's only 10,000 of these things. There's probably only like a thousand or 2,000 that are like epic avatars. And to me, that's a bull case for like that segment of them. Um, yeah. I would say just in general, like hearing this too, is I think it is it is hard not to get too emotionally attached. But when you think about any other aspect of your life, like you wouldn't want to put all your eggs in a single basket or have your identity fully tied to something in the same way, like having one job can be really risky in that if you lose that, then that you had all your eggs in that basket. So I also think about it too. And same with like Mike, you use the analogy. If Mike got all rid of all of his top shot, like Mike isn't going to fall off the face of the earth. He's smart. He's entrepreneurial. He's plucky. He's going to succeed in another 
avenue. And so sometimes I think it, we get worried that like, oh no, there'll be nothing else out there for me. And like, there is more stuff out there for you. It's a, yeah. it's a total, it's a total emotional fallacy. But I think it's true. Well, I, I'll, I'll go a little bit the other way on that. Like the two of you guys both had, I don't know, a social following and a voice in the world before NFTs. I I can't say I'm someone who wanted a voice in the world, but I went from maybe like four Twitter followers, like so I don't know, twelve thousand or whatever it is, Twitter followers now, essentially because I have a large Top Shot account. So there is some tie to it. And maybe now that I have some sort of voice, if I didn't have a Top Shot account, I would keep some sort of voice. But my, my trajectory is pretty directly tied to Top Shot, um, whereas it's a little bit different for, for you guys. And, you know, Jack and Andy, you guys are both also people who had a voice in your communities before. And for me, I was just kind of a regular finance dude. Um, and now I have more of a voice than I did before. And I think if you pull away Top Shot moments for me, I don't know if anyone cares what I, what I think anymore. You know, maybe, maybe people have enjoyed listening to, to my thoughts, but they would care why you sold essentially. Yeah, they would, they would want to hear why I sold, which is a one segment thing. And then it's over. If, if Twitter allowed people to buy blue check marks, it would be, you know, this is kind of a similar game. Um, everyone would have a different reason whether they're buying or like they could reason, but like there's a, there's a clout, obviously status to the the blue check that only Jennings experiences. And, and maybe I, maybe I'm different than a lot of people. I know there are like specifically in the fantasy community, there's people that only consume content because they want the information and they don't care about it. But like to you, Mike, like if you were to start writing about, I don't know, fucking penny stocks or weed stocks, like I'd be curious about your take on those because I know that you have the mental models and like the processing to think about this stuff in a smart way. So I think you might be selling yourself short. Um, and sure, you might lose some like top shot people who only followed you for top shot. But for the most part, I feel like you want to cultivate people who follow you because they're really interested in who you are and what you bring to the table and how you think through all kinds of different subjects. Right. Yeah. We love you, Mike. Don't forget. Uh, that. Uh, uh, thanks. You're you know, more than just I, your Top Shot account, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, when, when I think about kind of what Top Shot did for me, yeah, like it, yeah. it, 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 it brought me a voice um, that yeah. some people care about. And whether, yeah, um, you made and, a great bet. And so there yeah. is, you know, there's something there for me that probably doesn't apply as much to you guys um, for whether it's punks or Top Shot or whatever else that. That's interesting. And I, I, don't, I don't know what it means in terms of, you know, my, my willingness to sell and emotional attachment and all, all that kind of stuff. It's something I think about a lot and I don't have an exact plan going forward, but it, it definitely impacted my life in a pretty significant way. While, while we have them, I'm very curious. I don't know, Andy or Andy, Adam and, and Pete, um, what like what your holdings are and, you know, how many punks you own, but like, what do you guys think? Where does all this stuff play into it? Is it different? Like, I know watching the show last night, which is a great show, by the way, even when you're making fun of me, um, that, you know, you're minting a lot of the baby stuff or the brand new stuff. Like, what's it for stuff that's in that category? And you're listening to the followers who are doing similar stuff who can't afford punks. You know, we fall into this trap of, of whale talk sometimes on here, but what's it? like for, you know, the everyday. Yeah. So whale talk, I mean, this is my take. Uh, I think there are a couple of people in the discord that feel the same way, but, um, 
I think that those punk sales are like basically funding this entire thing, right? Like, I believe that that money is just trickling down and that's why we can mint a fluff or whatever at 0 .6, 0.06 and literally like an hour later sell it, sell three of them for, for uh, 1.5 ETH a piece. Um, and so keep up the whale talk, uh, we're, we're into that. Let's keep the pump, punk sales um, pumping. Um, you know, for me, I, I don't know what I'm doing in this space. I'm just like, I think I'm finding my way. Top Shot sort of taught me to sell every now and then. Um, and then I found my way to this Discord and, you know, I've made, for me, decent money and had a lot of fun. I hold these like weird projects that are usually just like one guy that feels strongly about something. And then I end up with like 20 of them and they never like pump, but I'm also minting this other stuff on the side with the, the gang and making, you know, good money. So it's been really, really fun. Um, just like building up a bunch of random planets or like teddy bears or whatever um, the the flavor of the day is. I'll, I'll let Pete chime in here. But uh, overall, like, like you talked about sort of becoming part of your identity. I wouldn't necessarily say that this is part of my identity, but finding that discord is like, legit a significant like event in my life in that it's like consumed the last five months of of my life just like going in there top shot first then nfts then zed um just like cool stuff so props to all you guys for for making it happen especially pete um but uh it's been great so there you go yeah i, I mean i would say i'm i'm probably uh relatively new to crypto, honestly, probably about a, a year and a half ago, I started getting into it a little bit. And, and, you know, as with everybody, I saw the, you know, the bales thing got in on top shot at a pretty good time, went, you know, put a put a decent amount of money. I mean, for me, I'm, I'm playing again at the shallow end of the pool. But, um, you know, I put in a decent amount of money um, into that and did okay with it. Um, now, obviously, you know, everybody's kind of struggling along in top shot, but I'm just kind of holding what I have for longer term hoping for i just recently finished the wizard set um i'm unfortunately a lifelong wizards fan and so <laughs> i'm hoping uh i'm hoping next year we'll get some in arena utility with that um going forward and then with zed i i got in you know actually listening to club top shot and you guys talking about it and um i, I started telling some of my friends about it who half of them thought i was crazy the other half uh jumped in and threw me a couple hundred each and we all you know started the stable so um, that was, yeah, there's some great, uh, some of the guys did reaction videos when they told their wives what they were sending me $100 for. That was pretty funny. Um, and I've, I've tried to get in a little bit, uh, you know, here or there. I bought some uh, some of the racing chickens and I uh, immediately uh, rent-seeked those um, and sold at a profit. But I, I don't get too far off into the, you know, the, the other projects, like uh, some of the stuff that Adam's talking about, because I just, I, I don't have the, you know, the I'm not liquid enough, shall we say, as, as Jack says. For some of that stuff but um the zed i feel really good about where i'm at top shot i'm just kind of holding long term and then if you know something comes up that again I, i'm really looking for utility because i think a lot of this stuff is is geared towards flippers um so i'm just looking for things that i think actually have a real world application going forward into the future and then you know just just enjoying it i mean the, the discord's been amazing like adam said and i made a bunch of good friends in there um, you know, everybody's great. Um, actually, shout out to Jack. Jack and I had a little, uh, not to get political, we had a little political discussion off. I don't know if you remember Jack a while back, but we uh, we both expressed our views and and uh, and I think we both understood each other. So that was pretty cool. Just a lot of the stuff, you know, little things that have come up uh, during this time. 
So it's been really cool and really appreciate the deposit kingdom and everybody out there. It's been awesome, man. It's fun, fun, fun to be a part of. Um, we're literally flying across the country to like meet up with each other, right? Like yeah, yeah. five months ago, like no one knew anyone. And now it, it's, it's cool. Like there is absolutely emotions in this. Um, it, and I think hearing those stories makes it feel even more real, uh, at least for me. Is this a is this the pack opening night or should we just should we should we shut this bad boy down? Yeah, let's let's do some packs. I mean, can we get another cheers in, boys? Is the club? All right, yeah, I'll do it. I mean, you don't have to twist my arm to pour another shot of low stuff. (laughs) I'm not going to Vegas on Friday. I got plenty of yeah. I did early at the beginning of the week. I was like, I'm not going to drink in the lead up to Vegas, and then here we are. Oh, come on, man, it's the club. Um. I did receive again. Uh, we we haven't talked about this. The uh, the utility coming out for the Nine Lives Lounge. There, they airdrop three packs in. Going to give us uh, access to some exclusive merch. The Infinity Objects. I don't know, Andy. It's feeling pretty comfy Wait, in the Nine Lives Lounge. They airdropped three packs. Everyone in Nine Lives Lounge. They did. Do did, I have three packs? Did you connect your – I don't know if you have to connect your account to get it. I connected to the Discord. I'm not sure if that's what unlocked it or if it was just a snapshot of the account. Is this like a sip or a shot? What's what's our plan? Did we already do it? Oh, sorry. Uh, Andy froze and it threw me off again. I do have three packs. Yeah, I knew you did, Andy. Yeah, how, much really crazy, the, Andy. Um, how much is the Cool Cats? To complete it. He's already taken the shots. Sorry. Six K right now. Jack needs that button to just buy all. I yeah. I mean, no, so it's it's funny. Like, obviously, I have a big, big holding in Top Shop, but I don't have I never did the cool cats. Um, I was not a fan of the cool cats. I didn't listen. And now I'm like, you know, I already chased the Knicks team set in case that comes. Now I'm like, do I do the cool cats because I want all this shit? Um, who is everyone in Cool Cats? Mike, are you in Cool Cats? No. What's What's your feeling, Mike? Like, I feel you probably are dying to do the Cool Cats, but I'm surprised you haven't done it. Not Liquid? Oh, you're locked up. You're locked up. I forgot the family has. No, no. I've, I've I've been shopping a bit. I'm not locked up. Um, I feel like it's it's like late now. I feel like getting in now feels like I'm like chasing something and kind of missed the boat and like that. That that you sort like of sucks. James with board ape. <laughs> yeah, sort sort of like that, but and and that just a- like sucks. You don't want to be the last one. Like I've got a few friends who like even though they've done well on Top Shot, they like they talk shit about it because they were like the last ones in. They're like, oh, it's like not that cool. I'm like, all right, like, but, but like, it, I feel like the last one in. Uh, for me, also like, well, I guess I'll separate why why I'm not doing it. It's it's like. I don't know. I, I didn't do it up front. I feel like I'd be kind of a fraud doing it now, to be honest. Like the, really? the, the incentives are kind of in there for the people who stuck it out, who dealt with like the long master challenge and the crappy experience. And like, you know, there, there was the whole off brand nine lives lounge discord and the whole movement with the jerseys and everything. I would feel like a bit of a fraud getting in now, to be honest. And like, it would be like sneaking into the back door of a party and being like, Hey guys, I've been here the whole time. Um, you mean like buying a crypto punk right now and turning your entire personality around it? <laughs> no, Mike, I, we, I don't the, know. The, the Cool Cats community wants you, Mike. I don't know. I, I, I is don't know. part part of it that you don't think that Cool Cats is going to be Nine Lives Lounge as the premier 
thing forever because in my opinion like i see the Knicks team set run up right like the mellow run it back is and i'm like it because there's only 275 like if they lock that in and said you're gonna get the craziest access ever like it'll be better than having you know really good seats at nick like i could see that thing going to 50k to complete the set easily and i feel like if they continue if they actually are picking cool cats and the nine lives lounges like the thing i could easily see that becoming i mean how many are there 3300 yeah around there and one thing i would say is it took right like this whole cool cat saga spread out over a long period of time people felt burned they heard the feedback they went to work behind closed doors spinning up the utility for all this it took them a while because they are now a big ship and it takes a while to move uh now they're actually starting to really deliver on this stuff my guess is like they're not just going to quickly move on from delivering on cool cats like they built the infrastructure for it my read is that they really do want to continue to reward these what they view as like not the OG Andy and Mike, but kind of like that next wave of OG from like January who first started yeah, I, getting in. I, I agree. And it's like a good group of passionate people who held through the, the dip and just said, we're doing the cool cats. I love the the concept that that plunge and Chubbs and a few other guys did to build the NLL discord on their own to do the jerseys. I love all that. Just like, frankly, I, I wasn't there for it. So like, it doesn't feel like something that I, I'm passionate about or I'm close with. Um, and the way I've always approached Top Shot is I don't love like the Top Shot almost like games of like the Dapper setting sort of arbitrary things like, okay, this set is now going to open up these doors. I kind of want, you know, I collect Knicks guys. I like LeBron. I collect, I collect LeBron. I like the story of like a series one moment being the founder set and the series set. I like the cosmic story and like, that's so that's kind of the stuff I buy. Um, I don't love the I, I don't love it. I get the utility side, I get them kind of following up on their word where they said they'd make cool cats a special set. Um, I get all that. I don't love when they kind of like dip their toes into the free market and kind of say, okay, we're gonna make an announcement and this is gonna make the prices go bonkers. Like, I don't love playing into that whole game. I kind of want to just like buy the stuff I like, the memorabilia I like, the players I like, the plays I like, and like. I guess in a sense I'm playing the game and then I got the Knicks set, but like those are also players and and things that I like and the things that may come along with the Knicks set. Yeah, they're forcing you to like support Dapper and their favorite project of Crypto Kitties, right? It's not like you're collecting your favorite team. So yeah, it just like feels a little bit. And like Johnny's comment, you know, he spent 7K on seeing stars. I spent a ton of money on seeing stars also. And it's like, we talk about this online all the time, Mike. It's like, it's weird to reward people who lost money, but like, then you play this really strange game of okay, they lost more money, so we got to reward them. Yeah, like that that's the weird but game. The, Welcome to gambling, and yeah. also and it just felt like a bit of a slippery slope. It's like you know, throwdowns was a pack that people didn't like, so they made an arbitrary challenge out of that. But like, Pete, but Pete, yeah. To, yes, yeah. yeah. If you lose a lot in Vegas, you get comped. But it wasn't necessarily pe- it wasn't the people who lost the most. It was the people who lost the most. Of course, on, yeah, on, like weird. You know, they're they're picking essentially. Yeah, but and I, I would I also just say, oh, thing. go ahead, Pete. Yeah, real quick because I think that what's interesting, it's it's the centralized nature that I think gets that they're kind of in control of the game. Like, here's an interesting one. Do you guys have any problem with like you have to own a specific type of crypto punk to get into a Jay Z party? 
that's happening. No, yeah, I have no problem with that. I'm a, I'm gonna because Jay Z doesn't own CryptoPunks. Like exactly. he, he doesn't own like the. So it's the yeah. centralized nature of it, right? That they're like the you know they're at the top. They get the. Well, he's a, he's a participant in the market. I'd say, yeah. Yeah, he's a participant in the market, but he gets to set these things, and that changes the market. So, like, if it's participants kind of changing the market for, I mean, obviously everyone has their own incentives. It's different than it's almost, but that almost centralizes it by nature, which is funny. It's like he become, you know, if you are big enough, you have enough money, you become the one who who moves. Like, what if Jeff, what if Jeff Bezos said you had to have an alien to go on like a spaceship ride with him? Well, but it's slightly different, though, because what, what Mike's talking about in particular is them appeasing people who were previously upset or had a bad experience. Of course, I think it's way different. Which is totally okay. different. Yeah. It's like, in my opinion, it's like not even comparable. I think that Top Shot having benefits for particular things is great. They shouldn't be announced after the fact as a way to make up people complaining on the Internet. And yeah. yeah, I think they're struggling to thread the needle with that. And they have been for a while. It seems like it's turned, but for a while they were so reactive. And anytime any segment complained about this or that, they immediately tried to do something to make it right. And you can't, you know, keep going like that. And I think they hopefully realized that. And so now they're trying to thread the needle. Maybe the cool cats, because it was such a massive part and such a long drawn out thing. Maybe they are, you know, focusing on that and saying, you know what, this is going to be the thing that we do to appease as many people as we can. I, I don't know if that's what they're doing, but it does seem like recently they've toned down the appeasement, and I think that's probably a good thing long term. Yeah, it, I, I, it, I think you, you said it really well. I, it doesn't sit that well with me that they've they announce these things after the fact, and then like the market just reacts, and they and then like it's not like again I've mentioned this a few times. It's not like we have a big announcement coming at five p.m. Eastern time on Thursday, and everyone can pay attention if you want. This will be market moving information. It's just kind of like released go and then it's the people who happen to be paying attention who can take advantage of that and go flip if you want and buy in at a cheap rate and do all that and it, it just seems that i think it needs like the, the market needs to be respected in the sense where like the information is is well that is an edge sure. that's why a lot of the dfs community got in because if you were paying attention to the news you could make a lot of money um, you know, if yeah, you follow, like, if you follow Zach Levine on Twitter, his moments went up from 40 to a hundred bucks. Cause he sent out a tweet. So it depends who the player is. Obviously. I, I, I guess at the end of the day, for me, I always view it as a product where it's like a fun thing for the average NBA fan to get involved and not something where in order to play, to keep up, you, you need to be paying attention 24 seven. And I think it, we, you know, we dance that fine line pretty often. Um, and and I think for something like Cool Cats, you know, again to Andy's point, announced that they're, you know, I, I look, I, I guess for, for Cool Cats, they alluded to the fact there will be some sort of benefits. Um, and well, isn't that that going to be the next problem, Mike? Is you know we're talking about Cool Cats could be the thing, but then Roham, you know, like they said that we're going to get a roadmap, but are we going to get a roadmap of what is meaningful to collect, like? You know, he's, he's mentioned the rare stuff. So now people are just buying rare stuff. And they, it, it is, it's tough. It's tough. And, you know, right. I see why people get upset, you know, at all those different things. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's just, it's tough. It, sometimes it feels a bit artificial. And like that, that's part of the reason I'm not chasing cool kids. I, I, I get it, sort of. I think it's a bit of a slippery slope. I've posted on Twitter a few times where, I think for them to take the position, if you've lost money, we're going to try and help you, which I don't think they're formally doing right now. Cool Cats, you could argue they're just coming through with what they said they would do. 
and they alluded to it being a special thing. The throwdowns felt a little weird. You know, Johnny just mentioned the customer service tickets, tickets payout. It kind of seems like they're doing what they can to keep the peace. And I don't know if you guys listened to the first Mint podcast this week. We did get a Club Top Shot shout out. Um, but one of the things that LG brought up is that they, they're kind of cultivating a situation where the more you complain, the more you're rewarded right now. Yeah. Between the customer yeah. service tickets, between the Cool Cats thing and the throwdowns and you know, whatever else people are saying right now. And it's just a bit of a slippery slope where people are now going to get irrational confidence. I can buy anything. And if I lose money, Dapper will take care of me. And it's not sustainable. Can't go on forever like that. And so I don't think that's their long-term intention. And I think that, you know, they'll find their, you know, their comfort level of being involved and, you know, offering incentive and utility and fun surprises without moving the market too much. But, you know, it's, it's a, it's a careful balance. Yeah, and I, I do think the Cool Cats was unique. I saw, uh, was it our guy uh, No Smock in here saying that this was, uh, you know, a snapshot of the platform through their, you know, hockey stick growth, you know, from 5,000 people to 1 million. Uh, and it was, I, I feel like I'm a good representation of the type of people who came in, weren't huge NBA fans, were just trying to figure out what's going on here, got hooked on the platform. I wasn't able to afford the incredible moments that I would have liked to have bought if I had a, you know, infinite amount of money. And so cool cats was my first way to realistically engage with the platform in a meaningful way. And, and so I, I understand that they have been very reactive to stuff, but if you were going to reward a certain subsect of the community, like I feel like the cool cats master challenge is a pretty good one. But it, but it just introduces problems like, you know, the people who bought in Cool Cats at, let's say, whatever, the set was worth $8,000, it came down to $2,000, then they sold and some opportunistic flipper came in and now holds the assets at $2,000 and they get rewarded. You know, it's it's a bit of an indirect reward that I don't know if the right people end up getting rewarded and, you know, why that set and why not other sets. And it's just, it, it's, it's really hard for them to say this one was particularly bad, but like your, your personal situation wasn't that bad. And we think we rewarded the right people. It's just, it's, it seems like a bit of a dangerous game. But isn't that like the dangerous game that every project has? Like if, you know, board, uh, whatever they're called, board apes, uh, airdrop a dog into the holders and then someone sells their board ape and then they keep the dog. And then it's like, well, now the new person doesn't have the dog. Like, isn't that always going to be a thing with rewards for collectibles? Like it's never going to be perfectly. I mean, I guess, look, I, I always, I, I say this all the time. I, I've compared Top Shot to physical cards. Physical cards don't have these sorts of things. And like, I think that's in some ways a feature, not, not, not a bug. It's like, you, you kind of get to passively just kind of collect it, enjoy it, look at it and, you know, not have to be so plugged in and feel like you're doing the right angles. And like for, for Bored Apes, it, it was across the whole user base. You didn't have to be paying attention at the right time. You didn't have to own a certain set because the, the lead developer, the lead community manager of Board Apes, like said a comment on Twitter three weeks ago that if you read, but you know, if you read between the lines or if you connect that with a comment he made five months ago, it means that like this type of ape may yield uh, an airdrop or something like that. And like those kinds of things, like I guess it's sort of fun. I just think it's it's not that approachable for new users, and it, it's I don't know, it becomes a bit of like a a gamey kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. Let's uh let's finish on a on a top shot high note. I do think this is a good conversation. Hoodie uh, Punk just sold for three quarters of a million. Pete, thoughts? 
Pete just got unemotional after that pep talk from all of us. He just sold it. <laughs> We're all looking for acceptance. Ooh, that's a nice one. <laughs> that is a very nice hoodie punk. That is um, a hoodie, yeah, luxurious beard. Oh, how yeah. about this? Uh, because we're talking cool cats, uh, how about we open uh, our cool cats packs, Andy? Let's do it. Should I go? First? By the I'm way, I feel like we just uh, we just butted uh, top shot a lot there. I think we're all very very excited to go out there. We wish that we could have gone to the boot. Like everything they've been doing is why I think top shot just pumped. And once again, like our OG thesis is like, this is a project that they're building for years and they have that, uh, they have the IP that no one else in the world has, like even crypto punks, which are worth way more and are way more of a status symbol. Like, yeah, if Jay-Z does require someone to own a certain type of a punk that will increase the IP and the, and the clout, but like the access and utility that could come from from top shot is incredible and i think them kind of flexing and being like stay tuned as much as we'd like the roadmap is a cool thing that we're seeing right now so i agree i agree i'm i'm almost more bullish than i ever have been before they're rolling these things out a year earlier than i thought they would to be honest like yeah. I, I think we all kind of expected the nba engagement um at some point but it's happening a lot sooner than i expected and they seem to be a lot more coordinated a lot more organized a lot better with their uh, communication and gearing more towards NBA fans. I I'm super, super bullish overall, but I, I still, I, I don't think that means that they're above constructive criticism. Yeah. yeah of um, they got valued at seven and a half billion. <laughs> they're partners with the NBA. They have a fucking badass product. That's literally the top of the funnel yeah. for crypto. It's amazing. They're going to yeah. make mistakes. They're going to make, they're going to do great things. I, I agree. They're, Constructive criticism helps, but yeah, I'm more bullish than ever too. Uh, real quick, because I, my bad, uh, our guy, Johnny Brady in the chat has been asking for our take on the DraftKings NFT marketplace, which uh, was just recently announced. I think they have some Tom Brady, uh, a premier drop on 811, and then the signature drops on 813. Do any of you NFT thought leaders slash former DraftKings professionals have thoughts on this drop i i have yeah. a thought go okay. ahead andy no, no you go yeah i think it's cool I, th I i should say i think DraftKings doing an nft marketplace makes a shit ton of sense i think it's really really smart uh i am very excited about that product and i think that like it totally makes sense I'm not totally convinced that there's a ton of people right now who want to buy a tom brady autograph nft i think maybe that changes in the long term i am not rushing to DraftKings to buy a tom brady autograph nft uh but i think what DraftKings is doing is really awesome i think i'm going to need to see from autograph and kind of so i, I think you have top shot which is different and it is nba stuff and just, just not gonna make. Right, it. About to make every a, time every when the alpha is about to come. <laughs> every time he's about to. Make this is it. impressive. So yeah, then you have right. the, then you have the like, one-off celebrity NFT drops that have not done well. They have in no way pr produced good return on investment. The very first one ever was Gronk, and those are those are reselling for 
less than 50% of their initial resale value. And that's the first one ever. So if anything, that should have provenance over these other ones. Um, until autograph shows me that buying an autograph NFT of Tom Brady is any different than buying this random one-off celebrity thing. I'm, I'm not that excited about it, especially because they're making a very streamlined way for celebrities to do this. And so it's even less work for a celebrity to come in and do this than it is to make your own NFT project. So I'm highly skeptical of that. I hope it's successful. I think it'd be sick if it, you know, if they figure out cool ways to engage with fans and do everything, it'd be fucking awesome. Um, not going to hold my breath for it. I think that the DraftKings marketplace and everything, though, is really sick and super, super smart by them. And it totally fits their collector base and the people who use their site. And that's going to do really, really well. Yeah. Buying the Brady. So I'm, I'm pretty close with their CEO, uh, Dylan. Um, and so I, I've known about this for a decent amount of time. My general feel, I, I'll probably buy one, you know, just to, to support him. The general sense is it's very early and it's not like, like I can almost guarantee you that buying this Brady NFT, it will not go up to 10 ETH. Like that is not what their intention is at all with these. It will get you into, you know, the discord. It'll get you started. And I think that, you know, they put the pricing at very reasonable prices um, I think the DraftKings integration and they have a long-term partnership is genius. Like you said, their, their base, it makes a ton of sense. Um, it is, it feels obviously cash grabby NFT, you know, pro athlete right now to Andy's point. The only differentiator, um, is their athlete relationships are on a level that are unmatched, right? Like, when Jalen Suggs is selling an NFT or Gronk, even like Gronk's hilarious, Gronk's, but like, like go on their site. It's, it's Brady, it's Tiger and it's Gretzky. Like it's literally the three best players in the sport. So there is definitely a, a tier above uh, what I think we're used to. The first thing I'd suggest is go on autograph and mint your name. They have like a, it's free and you can just make your name. So definitely do that. Like autograph, I think is going to make really good moves. Tom Brady is like on the board at the company. So to, to Jennings point of, you know, Zed has smart investors. The smart people are definitely on this project over, you know, your fluffs and, and your others. Bang, um, bang. Yeah. Not to target fluffs or, or anyone else, but um, I, I think, don't feel FOMO if the Brady NFTs sell out tomorrow because they could. DraftKings has you know a million users and it's going to be built right into their app and you could get one for I think it's like forty or eighty bucks. And then if if one resells for one fifty, that could happen easily. Um, but don't feel like you should be spending up and that if you don't get this, you're missing out on Top Shot early. Um, but I, I'm bullish on the company Autograph and their integration with DraftKings long term. As for the preseason passes, they you know they'll be okay. All right. Uh, Can I get two? I'll, I'll go thirty seconds. Yes, do it. Full case. Matt Kalish is a freaking NFT legend and one of my favorite people of all time, and is just pumping the space like crazy. Shout out to Matt Kalish. Two. DraftKings has so much money in their ecosystem. 
this is great long-term for NFTs. Yep. It's something that's going to be, they execute well. Um, I think it's great. And to Jack's point, Autograph has all the right people. The bear cases are basically what Andy presented. I'm not in a rush to go there right now. We'll see how it evolves over time, but it's very interesting and it's a long-term bull signal for the space. So Kalish is definitely a legend. It has a pretty cool podcast with Gary V that I don't know if anyone's tuned into. It's called Props and Drops. They've had, I think, three episodes so far and they talk about props, like sports betting props and drops, like NFT drops. So the commentary is on sports betting and NFTs, which is a nice overlap of the things that I'm interested in and I feel like a lot of us are interested in. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, all right, guys. Andy's Cool Cats pack is in the hopper. Uh, let's do Andy's Cool Cats pack, and then we we'll walk off. Like, did they? Did they? Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's Mike's stupid. is even hot. Mike, what's yours? Like five thirty-five or something. And he doesn't have a Cool Cat set. Yeah. Imagine. <laughs> yeah. No cool. Do they give you a Seeing Stars pack too? This was all gifted to me. Yeah, like that's offensive because I spent a ridiculous amount of money. <laughs> I think it's great. Jack, I don't even want to tell you how much I played, paid for the Luca seeing stars. Yeah, yeah. I, we'll talk about that offline. Yeah, yeah. It's too embarrassing to talk about. <laughs> all right. So we're uh, going cool cats, I've, right? I've missed this. Me- okay, I'm de- hang on, hang on, hang on. I yeah, mean, I don't what, what, what are we doing? Yeah. What are yeah. we doing? Fire. Yo, 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 what up? It's DJ Pete Overzet. Welcome to the club. We didn't think things were going to get popping tonight, but it's about to get lit. Behind door number two, it's a three-pointer. 1325, Kevin Durant. We're going to get a LaMelo. We're going to get a Luca. We're going to get a LeBron. Let's reveal. Let's go. God damn it. I don't need another layup. To the window. To the wall. The De'Aaron Fox stripped down my ball. 293 assists. Everybody get their drinks. Let's get a cheers tonight before we open up these nine packs. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Thank you to uh, Pete and Adam for joining us tonight. It's been uh, a very good NFT conversation. We've hit on just about everything going on in the NFT space, which is pretty hard to do. Uh, so there's only one fitting way to end this getting back to our top shot roots in a cool cats pack. Andy, let her rip. Let's do it. Thank you guys for having us on. Thanks hmm. for coming. We haven't seen an Andy pack rip in a long time. I know. Well, he just reveals all. <laughs> Did you do the music? Oh no. I can't oh. hear anything anyone is saying. So I'm just going to pick random numbers. <laughs> he didn't oh, share. No, 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 I'm taking it off. Abort. Abort. Yeah, I we, think you shared audio. The you whole point is the, the audio, Andy. Oh, no. I'm such a fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> Can someone else open packs? <laughs> wow. Wow. We're back, baby. All right. I can't, again, can't hear anything. Just going to pick it up.
that now I can hear again. That was a Shit. really good so- pack. Great pack. Yeah, I didn't enjoy the Zion moment, but everything else was cool. And he goes, I can hear. And then his Wi-Fi is like, no, you can't. <laughs> I, I love I can hear you guys the entire time. Top shots. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Halliburton, it seemed like they were going to pay Halliburton to like interact. And then by the look, obviously we weren't there and we don't know the arrangement. It looks like he just loves that shit yeah. and just wanted to hang out like around the booth and, and all that, which is cool. I, I'm sure he's getting compensated in some way, but you can also tell when someone's just being there and going through the motions and someone seems to be actually like emotionally invested and having a good thousand time. Percent. You mean yeah, maybe thousand. like Tyler Hero wasn't fully invested in Top Shot? What 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 are what are the Fruit Loops that you have uh, from him? Oh yeah, I do have his cereal somewhere. What are uh, they called? Fruit Hoops. Fruit. Uh, yeah, we do have to get Cole Cole on the show. We'd yeah, we'll, we'll get Cole on the show. Um, all right, guys, we're gonna do a walk off on my Cool Cats pack. Um, let's go around the horn here, make sure there's anything else we need to address. Uh, Adam and Pete, any plugs here? You want to shout out? Yeah, plug the show. Your girlfriends, your partners, your kids, your relatives. What do we got? Well, uh, I just got married on Saturday, so uh, I got that wow. going. Pete offered to uh, to have Mans officiate the wedding, so he did. Yeah, uh, my my wonderful wife uh, moved in with me recently, and we are uh, excited to start a life together. So I'll shout that out, and my uh, the boys in my stable with me, uh, the consortium Alexandria's finest stable. So I'll shout them out and uh, appreciate you guys so much. It's been great, man. Really enjoyed spending the time with you guys. Congrats. Awesome. Congrats, man. Thank you. Adam, what do you want yeah, to plug? Guys, just want to say, appreciate the time. This was awesome. Uh, great hanging out with you. Uh, I'm going to do a, a random shout out here to Club Wax on the in the Deposit Kingdom. That's uh, where I initially got hooked on this stuff. Everybody kind of laughs at Wax, but there's uh, it was awesome uh and so uh shout out to those dudes and uh thanks again that the the origin of club wax is really funny because it was the club tops uh, on wax and i was like do i just need to kill this channel because no one's talking about this and then i think it was jacob suggested just rebranding it as wax and uh, it seems like you guys have found a, a nice home there yeah, it's just a bunch of lovable weirdos in there. So <laughs> the wax community is like it's the it's definitely club NFT, like the indie version, the alt version of that. You know, I once collected enough NFTs that uh, I got some dude in Italy to send me a tub of honey. Not just me; there are several of us in what? the in the wax Discord that that did this. So, yeah, that's what we're doing over there. Wow. Come join us. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, One more bullish uh, signal on crypto in general. Did you guys see the Spencer Dinwiddie quote after he got signed by the Wizards? You yeah. saw that? Yeah. 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 He said, "I'm not. I'm not John. I'm not Russ. I'm not Gilbert." He said, "But I'm more likely to go uh, lobby, uh, lobby Congress about Bitcoin or something like that." I thought that was great. Yeah, I did not yeah. see that. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Jennings, do you still have your cosmic Dinwiddie? Of course. Okay. <laughs> it's it's right up there with his hoodie. Crypto punk is something he ties his identity to. That's true. <laughs> Pete, that's Pete that's we don't we we've talked about fractional. We've got we have to hear more about floaty. What give us some some good stuff on Lucky Trader right now? Well, I was going to actually shout out fractional. I mean, there's some really cool stuff coming with Lucky Trader, but uh, and obviously kudos to Underdog, which is crushing it. Kudos to Floaty. Mike's been super helpful to Lucky Trader. We have some big announcements, including Know Your Horses, but uh, the thing I was most excited about tonight is I wanted to give Andy a special shout out. I think Fractional is truly changing the game more than any company um, in the space. I, I 
I sincerely believe that. I think it's absolutely going to be massive and uh, it's cool. Just seeing Andy and just all the things that you've done, um, it's awesome. And, and a lot of actually part of that is uh, the Lucky Trader team is just completely obsessed with fractional. So that was <laughs> going to be my little tidbit. Shout Thank out you. To fractional. Andy. It's been awesome to watch so many different people get a little piece of things that they never really had access to before, whether autoglyphs, punks, twin flames, all these cool big name projects that people are getting a little piece of and, and loving just being a part of. Uh, Andy. Way to invest. I, 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 I think it's even bigger than NFTs. So kudos to Andy. That's awesome. Uh, this does mean you're now obligated, Andy, to say something nice about Pete. <laughs> and Lucky Trader. Pump, pump fractional. What, 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 what's new? What, what you have the UI? Tell us something new about fractional. Something you're excited about fractional. So we have some really cool, like, big things coming up as far as NFTs that are going to come onto the platform. Spoiler. Uh, yeah, are... yeah. What is this? Leak it. <laughs> I can't. Um, <laughs> But we have some cool stuff, some with some very crypto native things that are coming. Uh, and we are also working with some brands uh, to do some really interesting things, uh, and which is really exciting. I, I've been very pleasantly surprised with how open they are to doing very crypto native things and really getting into the weeds and like talking about everything. Um, but I'm really excited about that stuff. And I think it'll open up some pretty interesting doors once once we do launch and people kind of see some of the cool shit that you can do. Sweet. Yeah. Go to fractional.art. I mean, if you haven't been there already, what the hell are you doing? I mean, it's, it's very fun. I am now part of the dead community. Thanks to Fractional. Mike, what about you? Uh, first and foremost, congrats to Pete on, uh, on your wife moving in. That, that's, that's awesome. I, I, I like IRL news um, periodically sprinkled in here, so that's a lot of fun. Um, and I, I guess front of mind for me is that I'm very excited for the Vegas trip. Uh, yeah. To, to meet Jennings and Overzet in, uh, in person, to hang out with, uh, with Jack and Andy again. And I know just to shout out a few people who I know are coming. I know No, no Smock's coming, Woman's, Bethany's coming. Um, I think Fuzzy's coming. I know Lou Dog is uh, is coming with a little bit of a a a bonus from uh, from the club and from I don't know who gave it to him. Underdog, Los Dos, for Floaty, Fractional, Lucky Trader. Someone we, gave it we to do him. have a lot of partners. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 someone gave it to him. Uh, but just yeah, really excited to get together in Vegas and kind of celebrate everything that the last year has has brought to all of us. It should be a great time. Jack, what do you got? I had something and I think it was really good. It really it was good. it was towards Jennings or Andy. Um, but I, I'm gonna have to rack my brain for it. Do we have a five on five game set up? Is that it's yeah. we're pretty close yeah, Jennings, to five did on you, five? Did you see my tweet? I, I did I was curious what you thought. Um I said eleven four one on one, maybe uh you win eleven four? Yeah. Wow. I'll take that. That sounds like some action. Yeah, that sounds like some action. We we discussed the whole breakdown prior to you hopping on. I I think you're probably the the best of of the four of you basketball wise, but knowing that you're a shooter first, 
doesn't bode well, obviously, one-on-one. Given the Achilles, your defensive game may be lacking. So it was more of a matchup thing than discounting your basketball ability. So two things there. <laughs> and and they yeah. agreed, by the way. I, uh, I didn't I, agree with the score, necessarily. But my, my primary question is, how is your shot off the dribble? You can clearly catch and shoot. Can you shoot off the dribble? Oh, dude, I'm dynamite, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm taking Jennings plus seven any day. I'm my dynamite, offense, bro. My offense is legit good, and my defense is legit bad. So. Um. All right. I'm going to land the plane here uh, again. Thank you to underdog who did uh, do a giveaway, sending our guy Lou out uh, to Vegas. And I will say this, it is not too late. Uh, Frankie uh, made a last minute decision a few nights ago. He's coming out just for Sunday through Monday to hang out with us. So don't, don't let your FOMO get at you. Just come join us in Vegas. We're going to have a great time. Yeah, if you're in- going to ape into anything, people, <laughs> ape into coming to Vegas with everyone. Yeah, it's, come on. it's what? What, what's what's the price of, of flights in, in yeah, 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 like four, yeah. Point four? All in, all inclusive round trip hotel for the weekend. Price it in ETH and let's see how many people are, are willing to ape in. There we go. There we go. All right, guys. This has been a very fun night. Uh, this is going to be a walk off cool cats pack here look at this Let's war chest you know yeah seriously some of us are true collectors who believe in the platform you know complete cool cats challenge stuff like that um <laughs> all right <laughs> i hope for your sake okay, you got the music okay. I don't like watching Brian. I love watching Yeah, you're a psychopath. You are still a finance bro. Ruin for us. What? Finance bros love the beach. Whose moment is that? Trey or Capella?